and welcome oh, to American shit. Nerds. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Hi. Hey, damn. Oh, my hey. God. How? Oh, where, yeah. where am I? Where am I? Raul. Didn't see you there. Raul, where's my pants? Jesus. <laughs> Scott here. It's so dark it's in December here. <laughs> it's December 21st, 2020. It's our last episode of the year, pretty sure. Baby. Maybe. Yeah, yeah baby. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, oh, well, well, technically, well, January 1st is Friday of next. Yeah, so yeah, technically. Yeah, because right? we are. Yeah, because, well, might as well, well just say it now. We're off next week, yeah. but, you know, letting you know. Yeah. I'm Raul. At some point, Victor. at some point, we would have let you know. <laughs> at some point, yeah. we, you would have known, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm Victor. But, that's Raul. Yeah. Yeah. And this is American Nerds. We're talking a bunch of news about movies, television shows anime and video games titties video yeah. games all yeah. sorts of stuff tom cruise not enough well. titties not enough titties not enough titties but there's yeah. me- plenty of tom cruise to go around yeah <laughs> that fucking video is hilarious yeah. it's <laughs> that well, it, well it's more well honestly i treat it more as a podcast like <laughs> i just what, like discussion like him just screaming at people oh yeah oh yeah soothing yeah. oh it's great <laughs> yeah if you guys don't know basically uh while they were filming mission impossible uh i guess some some people in production uh weren't following the uh the covid protocols and uh uh tom cruise being you know the leading producer one of the leading producers of the film you know you know and scientology and, and Scientologist, yeah, uh, a known Scientologist. Uh, Scientologist. He had a pretty, pretty bad freak out. I guess, I, I guess, like uh, towards his like uh, his production crew, probably like his AD and like you know his pr- different producers or whatever. Um, just a complete meltdown in every respect, going insane well, about how <laughs> about how let me, he's. Let me, let me add to that. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, yeah, it's justified. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's justified. Hundred percent. He was pissed because nobody was following. Uh, nobody's fo- was following procedures, and he's just going. Cra- and people are going crazy trying to, you know, make movies now. The, my favorite part of that fucking video is when he's he's screaming out about how he's uh how he's on the phone every single night with producers, with studios. <laughs> like he can't. He can't sleep at night. <laughs> doing all the shit he has to do. It, it literally was like one, him just reenacting one of those scenes that, uh, from from Tropic Thunder. I can't remember his no, fucking dude, name. It sounded Les like Grossman uh, or something like that. <laughs> it sound, honestly, it sounded like Paul Thomas Anderson like wrote, wrote dialogue for him. God, it, like, and honestly, look, I am the last person to really defend Tom Cruise on a lot of things because I think he's kind of wacky. But I'll give him this. I respect the fact that, like, you know, he he went out of his way to tell these people, hey, do your fucking job. Don't fuck this up. I mean, it's his name on the line. Yeah. No, but it's also, like, he says it in the video. A lot of people are working right now here, you know, and nobody said that. Nobody would have thought that they would be working right now. Yeah, no, 100%. So, you know, don't risk it. (laughs) Like, do your your fucking job. Wear your your masks. Like, don't fuck it up. I saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of like uh, bitching at like Tom Cruise, like, oh, Tom Cruise is a massive ego. You know, you're not changing cinema or anything. It's like, no, he's doing a lot. I mean, he has a massive he's ego. He's doing a lot. But like, he is also yeah, he doing did, a lot. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, both. he is. But like, but like, yeah, say what you want about Tom Cruise. Like, he de- like he definitely respects the integrity of like the film industry and filmmaking. You know, that yeah. man is like, that man's a mogul. You know, that, that man like gets shit done. Like, like it or not, you know? And, like, I, I completely get why he would be so furious because, hey, if it, like, um, all the shit that we've been learning um, in film school since, like, the since the pandemic, all the new procedures and everything, like, like, you're, like a lot of producers, like, heads are on the line, you know? 
uh, on these productions, if nobody follows like protocols, there's gonna be fines up the wazoo, uh, shutting down productions. You know, you know, it's uh, money literally it's, it's goes way- down to drain every time a production just stalls. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Because somebody tests tests positive. Positive. Test positive or like you know people aren't wearing masks like they're supposed to be like designated like uh, coronavirus people <laughs> on set you know like sanitizing shit and you know doing doing what they need to do it's uh it's an entire process <laughs> wiping so. your face <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> like it's an entire process so hey man we support we support the crews you know <laughs> i mean yeah at this not, not for it, everything in this not instance in this instance i agree yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was a funny it was a funny start to what was <laughs> This is the video. It's hilarious. One of the weirdest weeks that has happened in pop culture. Listen, listen, listen to uh, li- listen to the video if you wanna if you want some good laughs. But uh, I think we can move <laughs> on from that. We can start with the news. Yeah, uh, the first uh, thing. Well, the first thing. Quick yeah. thing off the back. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, yeah. let's talk about Jeremy Bullock for a second. Uh, mm. Died earlier this week. The original Boba Fett actor in the Star Wars trilogy uh, died at seventy five from a battle of Parkinson's. Apparently, really close friends with Daniel Logan, the kid who played Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. I never knew that. And I That's thought really that cool. was interesting. Yeah. Really Apparently, cool. they had a really big, uh, you know, they had a really large friendship. And just, it just sucks to hear this literally like, what was it? Yeah, it was last episode where we talked about uh, David Prowse or two episodes ago. And we both mentioned it, like, you know, his impact on the, you know, both of their impacts on the industry, not only mm-hmm. by being a part of Star Wars, but also, you know, being there in conventions and for like i i've obviously we never lived through this but there was i've heard so many stories throughout the years of that you know big period of time between the release of return of the jedi and the wait for episode one where there wasn't apparently there wasn't that much like big stuff with star wars you know like people really didn't get excited for star wars as much so you know there wasn't stuff like celebration out there and like really the biggest like fan president um the the biggest like things of like fan events would be actors like bullock and prouse showing up in comic book stores and other you know conventions and venues just talking about like their stories behind the scenes they kept the spark burning yeah yeah and 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 it's what it he also just like brings one of those things that i feel and, and we'll talk about this later on when we get into mandalorian season two but he he brought in one of those things that I really admired from the original trilogy that I I really wish that you know both Fox and Disney stopped doing this, where you know he brought his own flair, his own like small little take of the character to the table, and you know for the longest time that's just what it was, you know and obviously it had to get and and for some reason it had to be updated with you know instead of his voice being shown out there, it would be fucking Tamara Morrison's voice for some reason, you know, but I, I've always found that to be frustrating because I've, I've always liked it to just be its own little thing. You know, this is he was, he's always going to be the man in the suit, thankfully, you know, but like it's, it's, I think it was unfair to just like erase the, his voice. Yeah. Like that, that, that's like obviously one of the biggest criticisms of the specialized editions of star Wars, just the fact that, uh, a lot of people seen a lot, a lot of people took it as like Jer- uh, George Lucas kind of uh, wiping away like their hard work, 
and uh, yeah. kind of their like recognition, uh, you know, from these classic films. But uh, literally replacing old men with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Which like, look, I have no beef against Hayden Christensen, but like that always bothered me. No, yeah, you like know? It, like, you know, like th- those films were made at that specific time, you know, and it should stay like that, you know, like, like, yeah. uh, and and kind of. Uh, uh, kind of Jeremy Bullock's legacy kind of just like uh, just kind of proves why that action should not have been taken because even after being basically wiped out of you know the the original canon of Star Wars you know he still has had like such a like a uh, crazy presence amongst like you said like uh, the uh, the fan conventions and just like the entire Star Wars community uh, he's always he's kept it alive you know for years and and he's always been uh, a person who's really loved you know star wars you know what he's what he was part of you know he he recognized that and uh yeah he he will be missed you know he's uh yeah he's a uh, he's a uh, uh he, he he's a legend in his own right and uh yeah uh us uh uh all star wars fans uh mourning right now you know yeah uh, damn um i should actually correct myself before we get on with this where yeah, go ahead. uh apparently it wasn't his voice and the thing, but you know, the the our argument still stands with this. the The initial voice of Boba Fett was uh, Jason Wingreen, yeah, in the original right. trilogy, before it was updated with Tamara Morrison. But still, yeah. our sentiment still stands on that. Yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. The Jeremy yeah. Bullock. Yeah, Jeremy Bullock. Uh, uh, seventy five. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's get into. Let's <laughs> look. Normally, we save the game stuff or most of the game news for the later half of the news section, but. You know, Cyberpunk went through such a shit show in the past, like, days that... And CD Projekt Rekt as a whole, like, it, it's been awful. It, they've gone, they've been put to the ringer, like, so badly, we might as well just talk about this stuff right now. Um, first thing on the docket, arguably probably the most... Probably the biggest thing to happen to both them and the game. Uh, Sony pulls Cyberpunk 2077 from the, from the PlayStation Store. Buyers can now get a refund. As of this time, they've it's been a few days since they announced this, but hey, this is what happens when you do a podcast. Uh, this is coming from Kotaku. Um, Here, I'm just no uh, the the whole side. Cy- the whole cyberpunk, the whole cyberpunk situation. Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but um, uh, I, I I do think uh, it, it, I mean it's necessary because you know they're selling a broken product. And, uh, oh, yeah. we, we, we don't really, we don't really know, uh, we don't really know, like, too much of, like, the inside. I know Bloomberg, uh, the Bloomberg Report, uh, uh, recently, uh, released an article about, like, just kind of the inner workings of, like, what was going on with CD Projekt Red and everything. So, I mean. There was, there were details of an investor call where, uh, apparently there were developers who, like, to- w- got super honest and asked them, why were you selling a game that wasn't even remotely ready at this point? Yeah, and basically putting the people in management on the spot for essentially lying to people who have a PS4 and an Xbox One. Get, like, the systems where they should at least be working better than, you know, some other... Like, th- well, not better, but at least the consoles where I feel like the game should be working, you know, well on because development should have started off with those consoles in mind first and not yeah. you know ps5 and uh, series x uh this is a short statement from kotaku posted by the playstation website saying quote sie strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction therefore we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased cyberpunk 2077 via the playstation store sie will also be removing cyberpunk 2077 from the playstation store until further notice 
Once we have confirmed that you purchased Cyberpunk 2077 uh, via the store, we will begin processing processing your refund. And I think the <laughs> I think I think fun. the best part about the entire situation is the uh, the tweet that the official Cyberpunk 2077 uh, Twitter account posted. Uh, this oh, is a, two years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, some some uh, uh, some guy some hero on Twitter uh, tweeted out to CD Projekt Red, you know, uh, at Cyberpunk, you know, uh, dear Cyberpunk, will there be memes in the game? Will there be memes in the game? Memes are the future. There has to be memes. Whole game is going to be a meme. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, it definitely oh. did. Yeah. Um, uh. They also released. Um, uh, they also did release a uh, update um, for uh, the PlayStation users, CD Projekt Red, and uh, following our discussions with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation Store. You can still buy physical versions of the game in brick and mortar stores and on online. All purchase digital. All purchase digital and physical copies of the game will continue to receive support and updates as we continue to improve your experience. According to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do can do so by submitting a request at the PlayStation website. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this is basically just, hey, uh, sorry, y'all, you know, uh, get your refunds, you know. <laughs> like, sorry for lying, essentially. Just... Yeah. It, it, it bothers me a lot with this one in particular where okay so first of all uh, apparently this wasn't a thing that was actually in tangent with the two at first because when reports of the game when, when reports started coming out of the game being super faulty and completely shitty um and also when reports started coming out of like reviewers being nda to hell by not not like by not being able to you know review the game without acknowledging the fact that the game has a ton of bugs Mm-hmm. And like it wasn't working on some cases. Yeah, there they, was they, they, uh, uh... it. It was CD Projekt Red themselves that started issuing refunds for the game, and then you know PlayStation Store got ahead into that, and then they just outright removed the st- game from their stores. And also, uh, Microsoft is also doing this as well. They're not removing it from the store, but they're also offering refunds for the game. You know, yeah, I was about to say where they the were, they were do. they doing that. Yeah, um, I don't think uh, I don't think the game I don't think the game's going to be on the store for a while. Um, it's probably gonna be like another month or two. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes if it takes a while for, for them to uh, really uh, to to put it back on to put it back on the store because Jesus Christ, bro! Some of the some of the footage that I've been seeing, like the the car mechanics, out the window, non-existent. Like, like really you touch you touch a car. Today. You touch your car and like three people get killed. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like. You move something slightly with, with something. You move something slightly with a motorcycle, and you see like you you see yourself going through going through the ground and coming back up in the sky, and you just, and you just see the map slowly getting smaller. I was gonna say going. there was there was one video I saw earlier today on my feed where somebody was driving a motorcycle. I think they hit they hit a pedestrian or they hit like a like a fire hydrant, and their body started flying off the shelves. Right. But then they were also at the same time they were it was like a uh, a campaign mission and they were being chased by a car. The car hit a taxi. The taxi flipped over and the van that was, you know, chasing uh, the motorcycle flipped over as well. A guy literally crawls from the heavens. Like the, the ascends hmm. into the heavens out of the van. You hear him say, "Hey!" and he just explodes Jesus. alongside the car. <laughs> it's fantastic in the worst way possible. And it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible how bad 
how badly CD Projekt Red, uh, Red's reputation. Oh yeah, and this should be has said. Been destroyed after. This after should be this. said. This is not the. This is not the fault of the thousands of coders and developers and designers that worked on the game. This is completely the fault of the upper management and the leadership. Of, oh yeah, of, of CD Projekt Red, of what's going on? Because I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people, like you know, when when they see the game, they see how shitty it is, and like they, they wonder, like, hey, you know, maybe the the people they got to to hire this game, maybe they're fucking shit. But no, it's not the case at all. You know, the you, there's is, no, yeah, so many talented people behind this game, and you can tell from what you see because you know there's just a lot of passion, a lot of personality. But you know, it just goes down to you know who's on top, and if the person who's on top isn't uh isn't competent, you know, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a trash fire. Exactly, I like, but it should be said because the the other thing that's really bothered me about this game specifically has been how badly the fucking fan base behind you know CD Projekt Red has been you know it just in defense of the game before it even came out. You know, I remember yeah, people would get upset and go crazy about the game getting delayed you know once or twice or even when it went after it went gold and it got pushed to the, the release date that we had back in December. I mean, back in this to this month, and it's just it, it's insane to me how how unprepared <laughs> the like management was at all to get this game shipped out and get this game ready because it wasn't. This game was initially supposed to come out in April of this year. It went gold a month or two before it got delayed again. <laughs> yeah, I got it's announced, not, it, uh, it makes no sense, man. It makes announced, no sense for them. What to eight do years that. ago? That's what it was. Probably yeah, like 2012 or something like that. Like Witcher Two came out, or Witcher Three was like about to come out, mm-hmm. and and they they showed that trailer, that CG trailer that honestly looks very different from what we got now. And yeah, it was just really silence from the game for a while. CG trailer, yeah, it's a CG trailer. You can you could never tell with those things, but you know, well in this case you never could have told. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, and and it's ridiculous. It, it's yeah. honestly it's a shame and. I'm hopeful that it could have at least this sort of, you know, No Man's Sky type of rebound. But at this rate, I've never seen a game and a company fall that hard from grace. Oh, I don't know. Bethesda kind of shit the bed a few times. But the thing is, Bethesda, with 76 in particular, it took months, you know, for people to really get off of that game and like all the stories happening around it. With this one, it literally took a week Mm -hmm. for all of the shit to fall. You know, and then you know we're not e- uh, we're gonna get into the well, motion news well, in a second, well, wait, wait, which wait, is even worse. I, well, I don't know. It, Fallout seventy six was like a dumpster fire immediately. That didn't take months. It like... was, but you know how like the trickle down, like the stories of it were trickling down as the months went by. No, they weren't. You know? No, they weren't. Uh, yes, they were. Dude. No, immediately when the game like, came out, the game was completely all... broken. The game was completely broken when like, it came out. I'm talking about like when it was updating and they were putting in new content. Oh, but that's a different thing. That's a different shitty. conversation. That's a different. No, that's a different conversation. No, I'm talking. No, no, no. We're talking about like just like the like the the like direct impact. Like when it was released day one, immediately was a trash fire. It's like that. Oh, yeah. It's like a direct no, yeah. comparison. Uh, for sure. No, it's a di- it, saying, it's a difference in terms of development and how long it took. Yeah, and like you know that all that shit. But like immediately, I'm like about in terms of reputation, how like people were oh. still like rebounding with Bethesda and they were still believing that they would come up with good products. And it, it took it, yeah, them a it's, while. Yeah, I mean it's di- yeah, I guess it's different for Bethesda because they're such a they're they're a much more diversified company. You know, they have so many more yeah. games. Like like you know, and it's you know it's develop you know it's a it's a publisher you know they they have they have so much under their belt where where CG Project Red you know they're 
They're, they're, they're like a naughty dog, you get me? Like, whatever game they release, it's going to be like a AAA event. You know, especially it waiting. It was triple A. Yeah, waiting, <laughs> waiting this long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, if you if you bought if you bought a Cyberpunk, you can get your uh, you can get your your refunds. But uh, if you want to wait, I guess wait a few, wait a, a year or two. You know, like <laughs> I feel like it's like I I hear a lot of people saying it's gonna take a year. Yeah, I, probably. I'm sure probably yeah. at this point. Um, okay, well, we're not done yet with CD Projekt Red, because this, this one really, really grinds my gears. Uh, there was a game, I don't know if you heard about it when it was coming out, Victor, called Devotion, from mm-hmm. uh, this indie company called Red Candle Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the same people who made that horror game called Detention a few years ago. And a lot of people were really getting behind Devotion. They were really excited about the game back when it was released, I want to say, I think a year or two ago. And it was quickly pulled from all storefronts, all digital storefronts, because it had this one tiny Easter egg. Not even, it wasn't even integral to anything, you know, like within the main campaign of the game. That had a joke comparing current Chinese president Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh, which caused apparently a lot of gamers uh, to, uh, to get really angry about that and they pulled it from the stores for the longest time. This story that I'm going to read to you right now happened earlier this earlier last week and honestly couldn't have been a, a worse time. Mm-hmm. Devotion, wa- uh, which was previously delisted, was announced by GOG, owned by CD Projekt Red, of course, to be coming back into, uh, into, into their storefront on the 18th they said in their initial tweet within hours or like i think within two hours to be more specific um they came out with another tweet saying after a after a uh, an outcry of complaints from gamers quote unquote they removed after receiving many messages from gamers quote unquote they removed devotion again from their stores <laughs> this is so, obviously, you know you know you know how I feel about like Chinese censorship and just how you know fucking minuscule it is for this game in particular to you know get so much hate and so and and so much um, control over it where like you literally cannot even play it, you know, and you it's literally an Easter egg. You wouldn't even be able to you know some people wouldn't have been able to find it. But I this mean, is just ridiculous. How you just say, oh fuck it. Yeah, hey, it's coming back. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't want it. I do not want to accept the government. I mean, the censorship case. board. Uh, I mean, the, the the censorship board of China is. Uh, they're pretty brutal when it comes to uh, what goes in and out of the country. You know. Um, yeah, but was, to the whole world. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the fucking problem. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's more of like just like bad corporate corporate uh, bad bad corporate uh, practices because that honestly I, I that that had really nothing to do with anything you know I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> see why why the game can't be released I mean and if anything like you know even though I personally would not suggest it you could just patch out you could just bring out a patch of the game that just doesn't have the fucking e- Easter egg and literally everything else would be fine you could play it everywhere yeah the game got re- the guy get, the game just, got taken out back insane. in like 2019 right February. Oh my God. Uh, July, in yeah, Steam. in February 2019. Yeah. Well, <sighs> it's ridiculous. Go and try. I and guess of course go... it had to be the in CD Project. 
they can take too. they can take out devotion, but you can't take out the you can't take out the the videos that memes everywhere. So true. You true. kind of just you, can't take out you the kind anger. of just empowered it when you, <laughs> you you kind of just empower it when you take it off the store. You know, it's hilarious because I I I don't know how people are with like the witcher 3 and all that stuff i know it has its i, fans. I know it has it. a big impact and everything i still I have haven't never played it i still yeah. I have it there but but like i know that like a lot of people found cd project red in particular to be they considered it to be one of those devs that you know apparently wasn't unlike the like they were unlike the rest and they really cared about the people and they really cared about you know gamers in this sense mm-hmm. but it just shows to show you Companies don't fucking care about people at all. Companies just care about money. And, never have, like, never will. And be and to be safe, you know. And it's just a shame. Never have, never yeah. will. Just remember that, you know. Don't get burnt out next time, because this shit happens. Yeah. Speaking of getting burnt out, there's some Zack Snyder's news <laughs> coming up this week again. <laughs> what's the correlation uh, coming from? Yeah, what's the correlation? Um, Entertainment Weekly put out an article saying. That Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I guess is the original, uh, the official title now of, of whatever we're it's getting. It's been the title. This. Yeah, I know, but like you know how like people just say the Snyder Cut and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but and that's like just the, more of a the meme account thing. is the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I know. Why uh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know well, anymore. it's a hashtag, obviously. Yeah, but you know. it's a hashtag. But like, isn't there official account like hash like at the Snyder Cut or I'm at Snyder sure, Cut? I'm pretty sure it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. I have to look it up again. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But, what about this black and white fucking weird aspect ratio movie? What? Well, I don't know if it's actually going to be black and white. But Zack Snyder's movie. Justice League might get an R-rated theatrical release come next year, which is apparently in March. Um, because apparently on Vero or whatever the fuck Zack Snyder does his uh, vlogging on with, the, like, with all the pictures. Like, is Zack Snyder like the is Zack Snyder like the Christopher Nolan for HBO Max? Like, can he just like decide what like like how he exactly how he wants his things his his his, his films released? Which hey, I'm I, all for that. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I feel like Zack Snyder's kind of like. <laughs> I feel like just why like, him? Yeah, why him? Yeah, <laughs> why yeah. does he get the power? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, he he apparently let slip earlier this week on Vero that the film's probably coming out in March. Or fi- project series shit show whatever it's whatever it is apparently it's coming out next march and he says that his four hour superhero epic will get uh may get a full theatrical release complete with an f-bomb dropping batman there's a there's a quote that he says here that i think is really funny okay uh, here's a quote from the ew article here's one piece of information nobody knows this movie is insane and so epic and is probably rated r that's one thing I Holy think shit. will happen. <laughs> oh my god, guys! That will be an R-rated. It version. sounds like it sounds like a little kid. It sounds like a little kid trying to like convince his friends to like go like watch a movie. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't worry, guys. It's amazing. It's awesome. All right? we, we haven't we haven't heard from the Batman's is fuck. But Batman's is fuck. <laughs> when asked for details about what makes the uh, the new footage explicit, Snyder reveals there's one scene where Batman drops an f bomb. Cyborg is not too happy with what's going on in his life before he meets the Justice League, and he tends to speak his mind. And Steppenwolf is pretty much hacking people in half. So the rating would be due to violence and profanity. Probably watch, both. Watch he gets <laughs> fucking... Watch he gets a PG-13 rating and he gets fucking pissed. Watch he gets oh fucking angry. Lately, he's like, what? Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> he sues the MP- MPAA. <laughs> and fuck the MPAA. Rating systems are stupid. 
<laughs> they are, but man, like it's so ridiculous listening to this shit because it's like no, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's because okay, we're so used to listening to. We literally had a discussion about this last episode about how you know the thought process about you know people like Scorsese or Cronenberg and how their work not only ties into just you know their own background as a filmmaker, but you know what they feel inside and what they feel about the world. And then you have Zack Snyder where it's like, oh, Batman's going to say the F word and Cyborg's going to say, I don't know, something <laughs> like some fucking F bomb, I guess. And like, it sounds like a toy. It sounds like a child. It's fucking hilarious to me. It, it, it's like, it's like, ba- it's Zack Snyder grabbing just a bunch of toy superheroes, like like the actual yeah, action and figures and just like, like making Wonder them hit each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the bat and the Batman's gonna say "fuck you." <laughs> sounds like sounds like Eric Cartman. Like, uh, I don't. I look. You I, know what? No, I no, no. Know. You know what? No, Raul. What? You don't Raul, read it. Read exactly what you read in an Eric Cartman voice. <laughs> I don't. I can't do the Eric Cartman voice. It's been a while since I've done it. Okay, you do it good. You do it great. What are you talking about? <laughs> fine, fine. Okay, read it. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> When asked for details about what makes the new sp- uh, footage explicit, Snyder reveals, All right, well, there's one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb, right? And Cyborg <laughs> is not too happy with what's going on in his life before he meets Justly. And he tends to speak his mind. And Steppenwolf is pretty much hacking people in half and everything. And, you know, Kyle, the rage is going to be doing both violence and profanity. Probably both. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> it, fits, it fits it fits i know it's great it's i didn't stuff. expect to be on the spot with this good stuff good stuff yeah uh, that's enough of that guy I'm i can't wait dude Snyder. i really can't wait for that for that fucking for that movie to come out i really I can't, can't wait, wait to see. either but like i can too you know what i mean yeah. like i like every time i hear more news about it and which feels like it's every day i get so tired God, I want to go get you a drink wanna... right now, like, cause, cause, like, just like, thinking about that, just leagues. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to I... just get, I, I can't wait to get absolutely fucking smashed while watching that movie. <laughs> like... I feel, I don't think we ever saw any of his movies together, right? Like, we didn't see Man of Steel or Dawn of Justice together, did we? I don't think so. We saw Justice League. To- well, no, that was just- sorry. We saw Justice League together. <laughs> we did see Justice League. Yeah, yeah. fucking amazing. We have to make that distinction. Uh, yeah. But, but okay, did I ever tell you like? When I watched Man of Steel back to the theater that's like right by our house, I I actually had a migraine, like not from I assume from the plot, but just from all the visuals like hitting my head, and the fact that it just felt like four hours long, even though I think it was like two thirteen. <laughs> Man of Steel, I had or BVS, a massive my Man of Steel specifically. Oh, I enjoyed I my. Like, oh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, Man, Man of Steel, Steel but like. I felt like I wanted to throw up after I was done with the screening. <laughs> you know? I mean, I can and see that, sure. that for four hours. I can see that, sure. I don't know. I mean, like, Man of, Steel, Man of Steel is the one... Man of Steel is the one DC movie I look back on. I was like, hey, people were wrong about that. That was, that, that was a good movie. That, that was a pretty good movie. Well, people weren't like, wrong, but, like, that was a good movie. That, 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 was, people, a, that was a pretty good movie. <laughs> as I look back on it, I'm, like, more half and half on it. But it's not the worst of the bunch. Like, I think that's more BVS and, like, Suicide Squad more so. Well, Suicide yeah, and Squad. BVS, Wo- and, and, BVS has his and, great parts. Yeah, and, and Wonder Woman's great until, like, kind of the end. Yeah, yeah it's the third act that doesn't then, really work. Let's see what happens with 84, which comes out in, like, five days? Yeah, no, wait. It's the 21st. Yeah, it comes out this Friday. Shit. So, yeah, here's your preview for next year <laughs> for on this show. Yeah. Um. Next thing on the docket, 
We talked about Warner Brothers. We talked about Zack Snyder and movie theaters. Wait. Wait. And the death of them eventually. Woo! God. Ooh, bless you. I saw you. I saw that sneeze. <laughs> I'm uh, like, wait. Wait! <laughs> uh, this comes from Business Insider. Coming off a report from The Hollywood Reporter saying that movie theaters are considering uh, to be slashing ticket prices down to at least... Three or five dollars. Great idea. For Warner Brothers films. Great idea. After the studio said that it would uh, debut movies on HBO Max alongside cinemas. Fantastic idea. Yeah. Uh, look, so honestly, if, if you want an even better way to get you know more people in the theaters, yeah, obviously making your things cheap. <laughs> like Most those, of your uh, money, most of the money comes from the food perfect. either way. It does. Most so. of it, like literally from experience, like the reason why an AMC and a Cinemark exist because so many people, you know, go on concessions more so. Because yeah. tickets literally, tickets are, are literally 50-50. Yeah. As it currently stands, the revenue is literally a 50-50 split between the studios and the and the exhibitors. And in this case, they're also uh, trying to figure out, obviously, with unions and with, um, you know, a bunch of agencies back um, in support of it. Apparently. Unions? Unions? To, you like, mean those commie groups? <laughs> sure, Red Foreman. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say Walt um, Disney, but <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah, <laughs> there's a joke I I heard the other day, which is like Walt Disney is just Hitler if he was good with art, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fucking God! It was a really funny that far, joke. man. Yeah, God. I know, I know, but shit, apparently him apparently him hating Jewish people wasn't real. wasn't was was like an urban legend. Was it urban legend? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, but at, going back to what I was saying, uh, apparently they're uh, trying to uh, renegotiate the... <laughs> God, shut up. Shut up. They're, they're trying to uh, negotiate with studios on a, uh, on a, on a, on a new revenue, sh- uh, revenue share where arguably, I assume, you know, the, exhibition, uh, the exhibitions would get more money off of these deals... And, you know, theaters will be getting less, naturally, since they're putting it on platforms where people would not want to go to the theater mm-hmm. to watch it. I mean, it That's makes just sense. about it for right I mean, now. Nothing's official, you know, but it's it's it makes, something that, I, like, I could support. And I, it makes sense, yeah. It makes sense. And, it, yeah, like, it's a, I mean, you know, it's, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good uh, alternative if you want to get people in the, in, in the seats, you know. Um, yeah. And honestly, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, yeah, we got a we got a new stimulus deal on the way. Yeah, six hundred. And apparently, apparently, fifteen billion dollars of that uh, stimulus deal is going to be going to like live venues and movie theaters. They wouldn't. They didn't specify how much is going into the movie theater industry yeah. in particular, but that sounds like a good sign that you know theaters will hopefully be around for a little bit longer. Apparently and it's methods uh, like these. Hopefully for longer than that. Yeah, apparently it's yeah, it's like six hundred uh, for anybody with social security, and um, and I believe it's like three and like the the unemployment benefits go like they they're up to like three hundred now, so you get three hundred uh, weekly. My, I have to check, but I heard college students got screwed over again. They didn't get anything from this. I don't know. To my knowledge, is everybody with the, with the social security? But I'll double check with that. Yeah, I don't know. She she sent me a text saying we're not getting money, and I'm like, oh fuck, I need a job. Um, but next thing on the docket, <laughs> hey, you like Creed, right? I know you don't. Neither <laughs> do I. But hey, the Scott movie's Stapp pretty good. Is playing. <laughs> the movie's good. Band is 
you know, will you take me higher? I won't. Uh, Scott Stamp, lead singer of Creed, is apparently playing Frank Sinatra, of all people, in a fucking Ronald Reagan biopic coming out next year. That's yeah, just about uh, it. I know. That that that's this was... like I didn't I didn't go on Mad Libs and fucking write this shit up. I found this like on Collider. And it I was actually uh, it's, it's real. It's it was actually uh, it was actually Scorsese who uh, recommended Scott uh, for the role. You know, he was uh, originally <laughs> going to star in in Scorsese's uh, Sinatra biopic. That, uh, yeah, that's a through. that's a fucking urban legend if I heard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm joking, by the way. That's yeah. <laughs> no, obviously. <laughs> what if you're right? Um, apparently, this is yeah. It's a Ronald Reagan biopic starring Dennis Quaid. And Who's Scott? I don't care. Other people. Yeah. I don't care about. I don't care about the film. I don't care yeah. about the lighting. Di- directed the by Sean. Directed by Sean uh, McNamara, director of Cats and Dogs Three: Paws <laughs> Unite, and Three Ninjas: High Noon at Mega Mountain. Oh, I'm this movie's gonna this be up. a fucking. This movie's gonna be a fucking goldmine. Uh, with John Voight as Victor Novikov. Whoa, John Voight's in this? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Stop the fucking breaks, dude. You know John Voight's, uh, you know John Voight's a fucking psychopath? <laughs> Not psychopath, he's just fucking crazy. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's like, fucking, I, I, he's like crazy, apparently. Like, Angelina Jolie doesn't talk to him anymore. <laughs> I didn't even know that was her dad. Yeah, for, for years I didn't time. know, yeah. Man, you all know, like... There's on Ben Shapiro, like, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Wait, no, seriously? I'm, kidding, I'm not kidding. He was, John Voight was on Ben Shapiro a few weeks ago. That's hilarious. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. Look, and You man, can tell he's unhinged. Scott, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Oh, you can tell he's unhinged. Okay, no. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of unhinged, look, man, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Scott Stamp getting super drunk on Celebrity, uh, celebrity Casino. You told me about it. But it is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. He goes like there are like it, it there's it, you could find it up on YouTube there it's like a highlight reel of it where mm-hmm. he's he's dealing on the table and he's doing fucking kung fu moves God. and going wah, 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 wah. and like he's talking about how Creed is like like he kind of admits that Creed kind of sounds like shit even because <laughs> they're Christian rock yeah, Creed and fucking like, sucks dude oh, I got the Lord inside me and I will spread it with all of y'all <laughs> Creed fucking there, sucks there dude. This, Creed is awful. There's one, like, Lift Me Higher sounds good only one time. And it's the first time you listen to it. And that's it. But my favorite moment fine. in that video. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And then you listen to it again and you're just like, oh, no, it's not. Um, there, My favorite moment of that video is he's dealing a hand or, like, he, he, he threw some dice. And he's talking to the, um, I can't remember who the, the name of the blonde co-host is on the show. But he's like... He says something about like uh, his her ex boyfriends or something like that. D- uh, do you regret your ex boyfriends? She's like, yes. He's like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking, like he just throws his arms up like he was a muppet <laughs> saying this. The perfect man for Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Wait. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't even know why Frank Sinatra's in this, man. Like it doesn't oh, make any sense. Oh, blue eyes. Is that what they used to call him? Oh, Blue Eyes, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Freedom. By Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, yeah. Yeah, so for being in the mob. For being in the mob. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get this world. Man, I <laughs> man, I really wish Scorsese made that Sinatra movie. He still has time. He's still Does alive. He? Does he? <laughs> I really hope he makes yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knock on wood. 
Our boy. Yeah, knock on wood. I, I, no, same. Because I've always, I, out of all the projects, I was one that he always talked about for years. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like I remember, yeah. You, you told me before we started, or I think you said it here now too. But like Leo wasn't talked with it. Uh, to like Leo wants to do it for years. Yeah, but I think the thing the he face. was trying to do. Yeah, mm, kind of. Well, like, I mean, he can make it work. They had like a wide face. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like almost like the, the airhead, like the, almost the airhead kind of thing. You know, like no, I was I was gonna say like the fat Leo DiCaprio memes I see on Twitter. Oh yeah, the worst is Orson Welles. Just him laughing. Yeah, it's just Orson <laughs> Welles. <laughs> Honestly, like fat Orson Welles is what Leo is gonna look like in a few years. I think. Oh, he kind of looks like that now, honestly. If you see, yeah, him no, around. yeah, no, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really funny. Leo, <laughs> oh, when Leo is like in his sixties, he's gonna look like a mix of uh, Jack Nicholson and Orson Welles. He already looks like Jack Nicholson. He's been looking yeah. like Jack Nicholson since like Wolf of Wall Street. For years, I'll, I'll yeah. say that. No, since before but, that. Since no, the fucking know, Departed, like, dude. That was the most, but that was the most apparent, you know, because he had the sun, he had the sunglasses, and he had the smile. Sunken eyes. Like, Sunken oh, eyes. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, it's like he ate his his soul. <laughs> Have like you seen? A, it's both of them. You've seen the video of like Leo being interviewed and he like does the Jack Nicholson eyebrow thing. It's like, dead <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. It's, it's dead it's on. Funny. I, I was gonna say though, because apparently th- there was that, but then he also Scorsese was apparently considering just casting an unknown for the longest time. Which and then he did. A, he did do a Sinatra. Yeah, it would have been great. He did do a Sinatra project, which was that four-part documentary series on HBO. Which I heard was really good. Scorsese does a, like a lot of documentaries, a lot of them, and a lot of them are very good. Yeah, mind you, they're very good. I mean, it's Scorsese. But, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all. Of course, it all ties back into Scorsese. But that's enough on that story. Here's another story. Hey Marty, thought there was two. Hey Marty, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Marty. Always but, will, hey, always have. If you, if you thought there was too much TV going on, get ready. There's even more. A Pamela Anderson sex tape series in the works, starring Lily James as Pamela Anderson, which I don't know. I can I can kind of on Disney it, Plus. I can't. <laughs> and Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee <laughs> on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Fun for the whole family. Seth Rogen will produce the show and will likely yeah. co-star as the man who stole the sex tape, because of course he would. <laughs> uh, <apparently> <laughs> Of course, of that's course the role would. Seth wants. Of course, that's yeah, the role Seth like, wants. Even like, you're like, Pamela Anderson. I love Seth Rogen. Don't get me wrong, but dude, oh, yeah. I saw that American Pickle movie like a few minutes before we started. Oh yeah, recording. where he like goes back in time, so he plays two characters. Okay, okay, no. So he plays two versions of himself. He plays he plays uh, Ben Greenbaum, who's the present um, present person of this of this um, family. Back in the early 20th century, of Jews that were living in um, in Shlopsk is how uh, the old uh, <laughs> version of <laughs> of Sephiroth calls it, where he travels to America, and he 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 gets a job at a pickle factory. Uh, his his relative Herschel Greenbaum, also played by Sephiroth, and he gets trapped inside a pickle jar. No, inside like a pickle dispensary thing for like a bunch of years, and he gets uh, thawed out in the year 2020. And it's basically, it's literally Seth Rogen's Borat, but it was just, <laughs> it, it, it went, every, it, it had the pacing of like, it had la, uh, Rise of Skywalker type pacing. Oh, where, where it just so kept much going. stuff was happening. Yeah. And I'm like, please let this end. Like, it's not even funny anymore. I'm kind of tired of this accent. It's literally just him saying, like talking like Borat. Seth it's Rogen. Like, I would do, I would do very violence. I love Seth you. Rogen. Like, that's like... What he said. I love Seth Rogen and everything he does. Be, be like, but but I I I much prefer him behind the camera. 
I much Same. prefer him like writing. I much prefer him directing. You know, I, I, even like, producing I, too. Yeah, His well, producing yeah, stuff is yeah, really well, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like again, producer, uh, producing is isn't well. It's not talentless, you know I mean? but the, like the content that he produces. Yeah, yeah. Is really the, good. The, the, the the things they've all made, like you know, I, yeah. Just him, him behind the camera in general is just preferable. Not that he's a bad actor, you know. He's super likable, and you know, but he kind of he's kind of always just done the Seth Rogen thing, you know. Oh uh, yeah, it's always been the thing <laughs> with yeah. the laugh, the the sloviness. Uh-huh. Uh, want to try some weed? Uh, and that's uh, I'm Jewish. Uh. <laughs> that's literally the whole movie, by the way. That's literally yeah, the whole I thing bet. of, Ameri- of an I bet people. that's like that's every character he's, like, he's ever played. <laughs> are you a Jew? He's like, oh, I don't really study it anymore. And he's like, but you must be Jew. You are Jew. That's literally like it's just him talking to himself about religion, which like it's kind of it, it kind of makes it's for therapy. a really nice like side uh, B plot, but whatever. That's it's the like therapy. The point. Yeah. It's going to be an eight-episode series. Oh, God. Oh, uh, written Jesus. by Rob Siegel, who uh, was Rob one of the Siegel. writers on The Wrestler. Yeah. And directed by Craig Gillespie, which, honestly, that could work. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Craig Gillespie. From the guy who uh, made I, Tanya. Yeah. And Lars and the Real Boy. Real Girl. So, yeah. Honestly, they got good talent on this. Lars and the Real Girl? that we've gotten this far. Lars and the Real Girl? It. Yeah, that's a film everybody needs to watch. That's a fantastic yeah, I, movie with an amazing Ryan Gosling performance. I would say the same with uh, I Tanya yeah. as well because holy shit, it's such a it's so good and nobody talked about it mm. uh, aside from like Alice and Janie's performance, but everybody in that show in that movie was really good. Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, that's interesting. I'm just surprised we've gotten this far that now we're getting a show about the like the Pamela Anderson sex tape, mm-hmm. a sex tape, mind you, that was brought back to light. From Borat, the first movie, and literally ruined her life. Did we already? <laughs> did we already do the Kim K. Ray J. sex tape movie? That will probably happen. Maybe in like American Crime Story. Yeah, d- directed by Ryan Murphy. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a Ryan Murphy movie. Uh, yeah, I see uh, that hundred <laughs> percent. Man, it's it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't believe her kids found out through Borat. That's the funniest and craziest thing about it. Like, oh man. I mean, hey man, it would it would have they would have found out. One way or the other, but the fact that it was Borat, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa, watch your mom get fucked. Whoa, whoa, wee, whoa, whoa, wee, whoa, wanna fuck your mom's tits, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, why are you in the movie? <laughs> That's awful. Uh, hey, Super Baby 2 is coming to Dragon Ball Fighters, apparently. I don't know what wait, this is. Wait, whoa, <laughs> wait, wait, I thought you said Super Baby Geniuses. I'm like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Super Baby Geniuses. <laughs> That's the DLC we should have gotten for this game. Okay, yeah. um, it's it's him and Super Saiyan Four Gogeta that are revealed yeah. as the two final characters for season two of uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Can you explain what Super Baby Two is? Because I don't get it. I haven't baby seen is, GT. Uh, I don't really care for this. Basically, uh, Baby is uh, one of the villains in GT, and he fuses with uh, with Vegeta to get you know Baby Vegeta, and it's basically it's basically just Vegeta like it's basically uh, Goku Black, but Vegeta and Baby. Pretty sure, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Baby Vegeta was, like, the, the first inspiration for, for Goku Black. Pretty similar. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, I think uh, Baby Vegeta is one of the coolest looking characters in all of Dragon Ball. I think his design, like, Dragon Ball GT uh, has some of the best designs, in my opinion, in terms of characters. And I think, uh, I, I think uh, Baby Vegeta just looks sick. Um, did you stop playing Fighter Z? Fighters. A while ago, because I the, the thing is the momentum 
It was it was a lobby that was awful because like their online wasn't really that good. Yeah, their online isn't. You know, last time I checked, it wasn't that good. Yeah, and I was waiting for more DLC to come out because I was kind of tired of like some of the new characters and like I had my same old you know stuff, but I was waiting for. I was hopeful that I would get like a Mister Satan or a Bulma. You this know, time on, in the roster. Huh? Have they done Mister Satan? No, not yet. And and they're probably not because like this is the end of the season for them unless they announce another season of DLC characters, but it's just so frustrating because it this game the other thing that I really don't like about this game going looking back now is that there's literally so many Goku and Vegeta clones, yeah. like it's ridiculous. There's their base form, there's their regular form which is their Super Saiyan two form, there's their go like both of their Gogetas canon and not. I mean, I mean, there's I get fucking. It's ridiculous. I get the <laughs> argument. There's so many versions. I I get the argument, but the thing with like something like Dragon Ball that like basically every version of like these characters is basically a, a brand new character. I mean, like it makes sense, you know. Like Super Saiyan Four and Super Saiyan Two Goku's are like completely different people. But like I do find it ridiculous that I have to separate like oh Super Saiyan Two, Super Saiyan One, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that, this game yeah. literally has the old and the new Gogeta in the game yeah. and they have a, like they have an old and new broly in it but like it's another saiyan yeah that's, that's di- fine that's different you know? yeah different canon you know like just different powers in general it's yeah. a different guy that's the yeah. thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and like literally you have kid goku you have goku medium large and a fucking super saiyan 4 now and then you have like goku black as well and then you have other people like zamasu which is technically a third of a goku it, it, like if you want to get really technical with it it's it's fucking crazy. We have we you know, ha- and I'm like, I, no. I don't I don't understand how the power level would make sense if you added Boma into it. But you know what? They brought in um, they what's what's Gohan's wife? Oh God, Mister Satan's uh, uh, daughter, Videl. Uh, they brought Videl, in Videl, yeah. and like that worked. And she doesn't have it. She just flies. Like that's all she does. What's she do? <laughs> well, I mean, she she like she looked really cool with the with the ponytails, and she, you know, she kicked a lot of ass. She kicked more ass than her dad. She, she, she looked real Boo cool saga. and stuff. Yeah, fuck, oh, fuck Mr. Satan. Mr. Satan was, was always a poser. <laughs> he always was, but man, I'd rather have him than another Goku. <laughs> you know, really what, annoying you know, Raul, why haven't you done Mr. Satan costume? Why? Because that's I, perfect. I, I've never, for me, why? Yes. I've never, I've never. Thought oh my of this. god! Imagine, oh my god, Raul, you shave down your beard to the mustache, do the, do the, do the sideburns, get get yourself a wig, that hairy chest of yours, Raul. <laughs> you have the hair. That would be an amazing costume. You would pull it off huh? more than me. You would. Have, you have the hair. You have the chest hair and the hair for it. Yeah, but Mr. yeah, Shane. but Mister Satan's stockier. Yeah, you're bigger than me. Yeah, but no, you're but saying stockier, stockier, exactly, stockier, like more compact. <laughs> I don't know. What's your, how, what? How's your best Hulk Hogan impression? You know, I haven't. Well, Amen, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. You know, I saw. I, I think I've said this on the podcast, but I saw Hulk Hogan once at uh <laughs> and I think I think it was at a Barton's game. <laughs> be careful! Be careful! You have to. Yeah, it's Terry Balea. Oh, okay, sorry. Hulk Hogan doesn't exist. <laughs> In the eyes of Hulk the law, Hogan. Hulk Hogan is is not a real person. Hulk Hogan <laughs> is dead now. <laughs> Hogan's been dead for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I, Terry. Yeah, dude, fucking, I, I ran a Barton's game. Like, we took my, we took uh, my uncle who, who was visiting from Cuba over here, like, to watch a Marlins game. 
and uh, like I just see on the jumbo screen Hulk Hogan just like talking to his, like whoever, and he just starts posing whatever, and then I'm like, oh shit, that's Hulk Hogan. Then I look directly, directly straight, directly straight on the other side of the stadium. I see the yellow shirt. Oh my god, oh my god, Hulk Hogan is sitting like across from me in the stadium. He just locks eyes with you. Just runs I, I, towards honestly, the stadium to shake at you. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> Cause I could see him, man. I could see that. I could see like the white in his eyes. Like, ah, <laughs> uh. uh, ever tell you that uh, that story? My Bruce Willis experience when I was like ten years old. I think it was Bruce Willis. That's that's why. I, oh, that's that's, why, that's a great that's way to preface this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great way to preface this. <laughs> he just reminded me. My ten year old Bruce Willis story. This thing. It, it was. It felt so surreal because I I'm pretty sure it was him. But then again, it could have been any other bald guy. But I remember when I was ten years old. There are a lot of there are a lot of bald people in Miami. So no, but that was a specific face. You know what I mean? That's the thing. He has a specific <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was ten years old with my dad. He was waiting for a friend of his who I think was at like at the at a hotel, and we were just chilling there in um in a, in a by a hotel pool, like one of those cheap hotel pools in like Hollywood, Florida. Playing on my DS or my Game Boy Advance or whatever. Ah, Hollywood. You grab me, bitch. (laughs) Big times in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, (laughs) That was a great show. That was a fantastic show. It's a very good show. (laughs) But I'm playing on my... On uh, on my... Whatever I'm playing on. And across... uh, On the other side of the pool, across from me, is a guy reading a newspaper but also talking to a dude in a suit. Right? The dude that was talking to him was bald and looked just like Bruce Willis from like 2007 Live Free or Die Hard era Bruce Willis. So kind of Bruce Willis Bruce now. Willis now. Yeah, 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 which is just Bruce Willis now. Just less wrinkles. He was talking to him. Yeah, he was talking to him about something. I couldn't really, I didn't catch the conversation that they were having. But I was freaking out inside. Because 10-year-old me knew who Bruce Willis was at the time. I saw Die Hard when I was a little kid. And I was like, wait a second. Is that... That's fucking Bruce Willis, isn't it? And I, I just... I don't do anything. I don't tell anything to my dad. I just stare at him for some reason. My 10-year-old me... 10-year-old me is staring at this possible Bruce Willis. Talking to what I assume was his agent on the other side of the pool. Reading his newspaper. And I could tell that there were moments... Nothing ever happened of it. Nothing ever came of it. But I could tell there were moments where Bruce... I'm just going to say it was Bruce for continuity's sake. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Would just, like, kind of, like, you know, look back and forth. You know, like, his eyes would kind of, like, dart in my view and then back to the guy. And in my mind, I look back and I think... He probably he's, just want. He, he was probably just so fucking annoyed at me. <laughs> I was just staring at him he's the whole me. time for like thirty minutes. I want to say I, I I'd like to think in my head he was just like looking at me and he was talking to his agent. He's like this fucking kid can't stop. <laughs> yeah, everybody says apparently <laughs> Bruce Willis is a horrible drinks. person. Really? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Smith fucking uh. hates him. <laughs> oh, Kevin Smith. Well, Kevin Smith. That makes sense, because fucking Cop Out was a... Apparently, that was a whole atrocious experience for him. Not um, only him, but, like, everybody involved. Uh, Ke- You know how Kevin Smith does, like, stand-up, kind of? Yeah. Sometimes. Well, he I, I guess he does, like, more spoken word, you know? It's just him, <laughs> spoken like... Spoken word. He's a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what I mean is, like, he's, like, he, he's done, like, uh, like, like little, like, events where he's just on stage, like, telling stories, whatever. And he told this story uh-huh. about, um... Told this story about, uh... 
about you know him Bruce Willis uh, on the set of Cop Out, whatever. And him and Bruce uh, Bruce Willis and him. Uh, well, okay, the entire time he's saying this is not Bruce Willis. So me and okay. not Bruce Willis. Uh, this guy who's definitely not Bruce Willis. Oh, uh, so it's definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They were like standing around like in the side of a street, whatever. And Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis were talking. I think they were like at a bus stop or something. I don't know. And uh, somebody passed by, and they said, "Hey, uh, hey, is it John? Uh, was it John McCain? No, not John McCain. Jesus, uh, John, John McCain. Uh, John McClane. John McClane. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah. John McClane. You know, hey, whatever. Die Hard. Woo! Hey, it's Die Hard. You know. And then um, Kevin Smith, he's like, oh, he started laughing. He's like, oh, that's that's fantastic, dude. That's great. I love that. Is like, and then Kevin Smith goes up to tells like Bruce Willis. He's like, hey, like, like, what do you? How, how do you feel about that? Do you just love those kind of fans? You know, the ones that just, you know, whatever. And then Bruce Willis apparently is like, I fucking Kill hate me. those fans. <laughs> I hate those fans the most, or something like that. And then Kevin Smith was just like, like, can you just imagine, like, what the worst thing you could say at that moment was? That's exactly what it was. Like, so he said the N word. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, and apparently yeah, there's stories like Bruce Willis just comes drunk on set. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. You know what that sounds a lot like. You ever heard those stories that Jim Carrey? Most would, uh, most talk people about? in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, but no, but like, you ever heard of those stories that Jim Carrey would bring about with to, about uh, Tommy Lee Jones on the set of Batman Forever, where like Tommy Lee just straight up hated Jim Carrey. Apparently, <laughs> okay, according <laughs> to Jim Carrey, he was like, "Who the fuck is this guy? He's not a real actor." <laughs> That's what he said. That's oh, ridiculous. But, I yeah. can't believe Tommy Lee Jones. I like, hope Bruce is doing role. all right. Huh? I can't believe Tommy Lee Jones did that role. I can't and, believe a lot of things happened in that movie. Like I like I I get Jim Carrey being in there. I get Val Kilmer being in there. Sure. The fuck is the fuck is Tommy Lee Jones doing? There? I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions to be like. I I recently hey nice pun gave. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I recently gave Batman Forever like a rewatch. And I like it's, it. It's no, it's bad, a good movie. It's there, a good movie. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of questionable elements in it where I'm like, this, why? This, Don't get me wrong. Why? why? Don't get me wrong. It's a bad movie, but it's a good movie. It's, it's a, good a bad, movie. good movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, no, it, no it's sorry. Totally it's a good, an, bad movie. It, it's a good, bad movie. No, yeah. It, it, that is totally, that is actually real. Those things exist. Yeah. You know? Um, what's, what's the next thing on the docket? We have one more story. Oh, yeah. There's a small one here. But, uh, yeah, if you're tired of Joker stories, well, get ready. There's more. Apparently, for the first time in 45 years, Joker is getting his own comic book series uh, uh, at DC starting next March. Written by James Tiny and the Fourth, who's the current writer on Batman, and uh, with art by Gillum March. And apparently, while this is supposed to be a Joker book, according to Tiny and the Fourth, he says that uh, it's, it's also very much a Jim Gordon book. Which that's cool. I'm I'm more interested at the prospect of that than anything else. You know, I always one of the, like my favorite little like part. One of my favorite little aspects about the Dark Knight was the brief interactions between Gordon and Joker. How like they like I I don't know. Sometimes I kind of feel like like Gordon kind of likes Joker in the movie. <laughs> like like really? the interactions. That's an yeah, interesting the, read. <laughs> like I don't know the interactions they have between each other. I thought I've always found so interesting, and I've I, I've always wanted to see a comic that really like delves deep into like them because yeah, Joker's in like you know he he's all about Batman, he's in love with Batman, but like Gordon like embodies completely everything that that Joker detests. You know, 
Like Gordon is the, is the complete the complete embodiment of the broken system, you know, that he's always trying to go against, you know. Yeah. And I've always wanted to see that be more that be explored better on film or just like in stories in general, you know. Like oh my god, you know, whatever they do with whatever they do with Pattinson's uh, Batman, if they ever were to include a Joker type of character, I would love to see what Jeffrey Wright would do with you know a Joker character next to him. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I would think if 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 they swapped Batman for Gordon in that interrogation scene, it would have been really fun and really interesting, and I feel like it would have ended with just Gordon shooting Joker in the face. Mm. Which I think like depends what version of Gordon depends depends what version of Gordon because like well, Gordon has always been like I've always Gordon like he's always been like either the the like uh, good well he's always been the good hearted cop but like the good hearted cop with a temper or like the extremely cool like calm collected good hearted cop. Mm, I, that's the thing. I've seen a lot of versions of Gordon, which is why I'm so excited for which is why I'm excited that he's like the star of this book. Where he is that, but, like, pushed to the very, very edge. Where he is questioning if he should even continue to do this uh, anymore. So, like, year just, one type of Gordon? Yeah, kind of like year one type of Gordon where he's not giving up as a cop, but, like, fuck it. I want to yeah. take matters into my own hands. Yeah, I'm so tired yeah. of this. With Joker specifically, it's actually, like, even though I am tired of seeing more Joker stuff, it actually kind of makes for a perfect pair given their history because yeah. he murdered his wife back in no man's land that's right it's one of the biggest thing from that book that's right and like literally it's it's literally that all over again with and everything uh, with Gordon, like Gordon everything with barbara the edge of trying to murder him yeah and everything with barbara you know that it, it makes it actually makes for a perfect foil yeah and honestly you know realistically what's gonna fly off the shelves more a book that has Joker on the title or a book that has Jim Gordon on the title? Obviously, it would be Joker, even yeah, though, this, you know, it, I'm tired of Joker. Honestly, if this is just a Trojan if this is just a Trojan horse for a good Commissioner Gordon story, why the fuck not? Yeah, honestly. That's 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 cool. Joker's Joker's got an eye patch. Okay. Well, no, he's got, like, right. his eye shut off because right. Harley shot him in the eye. That's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Well, that's the thing. I would have wanted him to just be dead. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I I'm tired of this guy already. I'm really fucking tired of it. And I get it. The Joker is like, you need the Joker. The Joker makes so much money. The Joker is an iconic character. But like, what if you just did it? What if you just did it in a mainline comic? Just be like, I'm tired of this. Get, jo- Gordon caps his ass. You know, as much but as you say I that. I would be fun. As much as you say that, as much as I agree with it, I still would give so much money to see what, what Matt Reeves can do with Joker. No, no, I'm just saying in the context of this book. Yeah, sure. Or in, like, in a comic. Yeah, I, I mean, I am interested in Matt Reeves doing a Joker, but not anytime soon. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that whatever we're getting from the Batman, that it's a fucking movie starring the Riddler. Yeah. And at least right now, and Penguin, obviously, but at least right now, like, nobody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy with that. Uh, that's it for news, honestly. I think pretty it's sure the fastest we've gone for, sure week. A, for a bit. Yeah, it's pretty short, but... Yeah, we were able to be consistent this week. I'm happy about that. How was your week? I got back into WoW. Wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you uh, fucking did. Yes, you fucking I, no, did. No, I didn't. I didn't. It was purely out of instinct. I know. It was I, purely I, out of instinct. You were calculating that in your head. I know. I know you were. Goddamn. But, uh, <laughs> why, why are you back on WoW? But... <laughs> um, I used to play WoW like crazy uh, back like 2012, 2013. It's been it's been a while. It's been a long time since I since I I, I played WoW. But uh, basically, like our friends, uh, 
Shadowlands, the new expansion, came out like a month ago for, for WoW. And uh, my friends, well, our friends, never stopped playing WoW. But, like, more of our, more of our friends started get, getting back onto it. So I saw everybody getting back into it. I was like, hey, fuck it, why not? It's been a while. And for some reason, like, a few days ago, I like, started dreaming about WoW. Like, randomly. <laughs> like, uh... I, I I think I think like I was playing WoW or I was in WoW or something like that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to to play to get back on it, and uh, I've been playing, and it's really fun. Uh, just playing again, you know, just questing right now, just leveling up, level thirty five, a demon hunter right now, a havoc demon hunter. So I'm focusing on that DPS. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, Can I ask you as somebody who has never played WoW so- and only has like what's the point closest yeah no 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 uh, it'd be nicer um like what is the appeal of well because it's i'm sure grinds. like obviously it's it's a it's a successful game and i know a lot of people love it but i don't understand what's the appeal it's the grinds 100 percent. it's the mm. uh, it's it's just the like it, it's the the consistent grind it's it, like it um blizzard always updates wow with you know would, would be new items you know new events like there's always something new to do in wow um, yeah, like I said, you're grinding out items, you know, uh, you play like out, like raids that go on for hours with your friends, you know, you could do PVP, like it's just, it, it's just like making a character and just like embodying it, embodying, embodying it fully and just like trying to do as much as you can, you know, it's one of those games where the real game doesn't start until you're, you're max level, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. The real game doesn't, doesn't start until you just, you hit the cap and you start doing all the fun shit. Like the real fun shit, you know, going going into big raids, dungeons with your friends, you know, huge uh, huge wars, you know, in PvP, getting different transmogs, getting you know different armor pieces, all that shit. Um, like I'm saying, like I said, I'm a, I'm a demon hunter havoc right now. Well, havoc demon hunter, I think that's the term. Basically, I just deal out uh, DPS, you know, that's that kind of support. What uh, is a DPS? A damage per second. So I'm okay. just I'm I'm purely there just to give out damage. Like the way it works in WoW, um, say you're doing a raid, um, and you you basically have your own team, and everybody has their own role. So you have like uh, a one care one person does like a, you know takes up the role of a tank, and you know basically what a tank does, they go in they go in first, they pull all the aggro from everybody, and uh, they just take all the damage. While you have people on the sidelines, you know the DPS people, uh, the ranged the ranged DPS hunters. Uh, different uh different classes of uh, just kind of supporting the tank making sure he making sure he doesn't well the heaters make sure he doesn't die but uh all the other dps people just you know just trying to inflict as much damage to the different monsters uh different you know demons monsters whatever the fuck you want to call it um mm-hmm. and yeah it's just you know everybody has their position everybody has their role everybody's important you know uh and it's super fun, super rewarding, you know, when you, like, like that feeling you get when you finally get the, like, the, the weapon or the piece of armor that you've been grinding for, for the last, like, you know, few months. Uh, I know one of my, I, one of our, you know, friends of the show, uh, Brendan, who's in a fucking black belt, a, a, bla- <laughs> he, a triple black belt, a triple he's Brazilian, a yeah, a triple Brazilian black belt, like, WoW player. This man lives, yeah. lives, breathes, like, WoW to the max. Um <laughs> I know he's been there's like this point where he was like he was basically raiding every day at 10 p.m. like trying to get this specific uh piece like this piece of armor or this weapon he wanted and Wait, what do you mean was I thought he was still doing that 
I think he. I think he just has like a specific race schedule that he does. But like the okay. specific item took him months to get. It took him like months. Like like it was only like a one percent like chance of dropping or something like that. So uh-huh. he was just grinding for that. And once you get it, you know it's the biggest. You know it's the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest uh, satisfaction. The, the 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 deepest feeling of satisfaction you get. You know. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, you know, uh, once we finish here, I'm gonna level up some more. Um, just trying to okay. quest some more. Hey, what's up? Because I always, I always mix it up every time I ask on the Discord. But like, there was an expansion called Shadowlands, right? Yeah, that was the one that came out last and month. Okay, okay, my bad. Sorry, Shadowbringers. <laughs> That's how fucking confusing Shadowbringers. it is in my head. I isn't there? I, I feel like I've heard that name before for a while. I don't know. And then there was like the one with the pandas, and then there was Mr. Pandaria, like, yeah. Mr. Pandaria, which apparently not a lot of people liked, from what I've heard. And then there was um, no Mr. Pandaria was good. Mr. Pandaria was very I've, good. I, I follow a guy on YouTube called uh, not Action Button, uh, Action Guy, something like that. He's this dude who talks about a lot. Of, he puts a lot of Halo videos, but he occasionally talks about other video games as well. Mm-hmm. And like he talked about like the fall of Blizzard and how. Like by Mr. Pandaria onward, the like modern. Were well, you talking about the Act Man? Really weird. Act Man, yeah. The Act Man. He's fun, dude. He's fantastic. He does the Call of Duty I reviews. I love Act Man. He does Call of Duty yeah. reviews. Yeah. Oh my he, god, he, he's one of my favorite YouTubers by far. He's amazing. He did a yeah. He did a video on the fall of Blizzard. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The decline of Blizzard, he, something like that. Yeah. He talked about how after Mr. Pandaria, like not a lot of people we're really into wow like now modern wow well to be why, honest like one of the reasons why Mo- wow classic started becoming a big thing well to be honest what really like kind of like broke the camel's back in terms of like you know what people were getting from wow was really cataclysm when that came out cataclysm was like a huge shift in everything like it really like fucked up a lot of shit and then mr pandaria came out and like from what i remember because uh, i think when mr pandaria came out is when i stopped playing wow or it was around that same time period something like that um once that uh once that uh that came out things that like, got better and then after that i believe it was like either battle of azeroth or uh or legion um and then after like i it was one of those two and then um <laughs> and then after that shadowlands and yeah we're at shadowlands right now it's been years since i played wow i literally just got back on it like a few days ago level 35 you know i'm just not really uh you know, I haven't really seen any of the the crazy new shit. You know, so once I get you know to my level cap, which is at sixty, I'm just gonna get back on that. Uh, Did they improve like the look of the game over time, or does it just like genuinely look the same? I think it looks the same, who, like, yeah. For someone who's played it for a long time, like like it looks the same. It's always looked the same, but I, I guess it's it's a pretty game to look at. Like it's not like the graphics aren't good. You know, like it, you know, like everything just looks like blotchy. There's like no like. There's, like, no depth, no, nothing crazy with the lighting or anything. But, like, it's just, like, a nice-looking game, you know? It's just, like, it's cartoony. Uh, uh, colors are vibrant, you know? And, like, I don't think the graphics have, like, like changed at all, you know? Hmm. Everything runs beautiful, buttermilk smooth, you know? It's nice. It's fun. It's to, interesting. To, it's fun to play WoW again, you know? WoW was something like that, like, like it really, like... It, it was a mega grind thing for, like, all of us for a few mu- for for a while. Um... Well, I mean, but, those uh, addicts are now stuck on that one in League. So I just think it's really well, League's a, Well, yeah, WoW and League have always been, like, a, a consistent thing. WoW more so. I'm just saying in in our friend group specifically, yeah. it is literally just a, a really crazy combination of the two. 
the yeah, point where wild. like I see somebody, I somebody see some of these people grinding at like five in the fucking morning. Like Brendan, you well, mean? Well, no, specifically <laughs> Brendan. You know, because he does not sleep. You know, fun um, fact about our buddy Brendan, he's a great man, but he does not sleep. Oh my god, I don't understand how? Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I, I love Brendan to death. Hardworking, pure-blooded American. Fucking Go that man. That man does not grind. <laughs> I mean, the, that man. All he does is grind. Sorry. Go to sleep, Brendan. Yeah, that's the title of this episode. Go to um, sleep, Brendan. <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? Uh, we'll send it to Brendan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Actually, this morning, uh, I was talking to Brendan and uh, and Usvi on, on on the Discord, and it turns out that when I got into the chat, Brendan had been up since like since last night, literally. <laughs> Yeah, were, were, were you oh, on last night? Were you on last night? I was on last night at yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, he never stopped. Yeah, he, he never stopped yeah, sleeping. And then I got in there. I I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he he was literally he he went to sleep like 11 p.m. or something like that. See, okay, you want to know when it, like it's a, 11 a.m. Sorry. You, you want to know the perfect time, like when you could tell it's gonna be a bad week for Brendan. When I ask, whenever I ask him, hey, when are you off on week? Uh, when are you off from work? He told me last night. Oh, I'm off all week. Pray for the man. <laughs> what do you Pray mean? That's that fucking, man. dude. I like the only thing. The only thing that could that stops Brendan is uh, the no nothing can stop Brendan from playing from, from playing really WoW. Uh, that that man, thing. that man like feeds. Okay, the, all that man does is play WoW and eat Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, and he has a great physique for a man his age. It's uh, really funny. For a man his age, he's twenty something. <laughs> he he should well, have. Yeah, but like. <laughs> He looks good for a man who just eats Wendy's and plays well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not, yeah, because he's not he doesn't have the fat jeans like he doesn't That's have the true. fat jeans, you know. Love you, Brendan. Love you, Brendan. Fucking piece. Thank of God shit. that you don't have the fat jeans. Dog shit, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> piece of shit. Is that everything with your week? Uh, yeah, basically just play WoW. Um, yeah, saw Primal and then Mandalorian, but we'll talk about that in in, in a bit. Um, all right. Yeah, well, what the fuck did you do? Um, yeah, what'd you do this week? Yeah, <laughs> what's in the box? Um, I did a couple things this week. I, I I played. I got quick things. I got back into Smash Ultimate for a minute. I played some Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Sephiroth plays very well. It's very weird. It's very scary. Play. Uh, yeah. Um, it's pretty fun to play. Is the he music fast? is great. Is he, uh, how is he? Like, what kind of? What can you compare him to? You ever played? You ever have you played? Do you remember matches playing as Cloud? You ever played Cloud? Yes, yes, like that. He's oh, a little sense. slower than makes he's sense, a little yeah. slower than Cloud, but he has a much much better recovery. He probably has one of the best recoveries in the game. What where is it? like, it's where it's like um, up arrow B. If say if you're falling midair on the side of the stage, you could immediately you you have to quickly uh, point your uh, an arrow pops up in your character right for Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. And you have to point at uh, any direction really quickly. You have like a, the span of a second, right? And he will basically be slashing sixteen times across a stage to get to another point. And you know, literally, people are like saving themselves on the ledge mm-hmm. just by slicing up the screen. You know, I, I've I've been able to get some good kills too from that. I got a I was in a match with a couple friends of mine on Friday, and I got a guy. Um, where I, I got a Pac-Man player up to a point where I was slicing up up onto the brink of the stage and I managed to kick him out of the stage and I saw like the little Pac-Man flying away in the distance. And I'm like, yeah, that feels nice. <laughs> you know, he plays exactly like a final boss character, which is exactly what Sephiroth is. And it was perfect. Um, 
I saw some other movies. I saw American Pickle. It's not much to talk about that. I saw <laughs> Let Them All Talk, the new Soderbergh flick. Oh shit! On HBO Max. It's okay. I it's literally <laughs> it, it's it's fine. I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. It's not like it's bad or anything like that. It's literally just like uh, two hours of Lucas Hedges walking around a cruise ship. <laughs> the thing with Soderbergh <laughs> is that like his movies, like if they're not great, they're fine. Yeah, and even then, they're not that bad. You know, eh, like, they're uh, still nice. I I don't know. Uh, look, I know we have different feelings on Unsane, but like with this one in particular, I thought it was okay. Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. Um, I like Diane Weist a lot. I've never seen her in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I think she was in... I, it's either her or someone else. Remind me who that she was is. In, um, Diane Weist was in... I, I'm looking up the cast right now on Letterboxd. But it's either her or somebody else in the cast that was in uh, Synecdoche, New York. That I recognized her face when I watched it. It's Diane Weist yeah. and uh, Candace Bergen. I think it's... No, Candace Bergen wasn't in that one. Yeah, it's Diane Weist that was in Synecdoche, New York. And Edward Scissorhands, too. I didn't know that. And Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. She's okay. Like always. Uh, Gemma Chan is pretty cool. She was pretty good in this, too. Lucas Hedges is literally just... Like, a lot of the movies is him walking around a cruise ship and uh, just mingling with people. <laughs> it's, it's honestly pretty funny. I like I like those movies. Is it like a comedy? Is it like a... It's a bit of a romantic comedy. It's literally just... It, Meryl Streep plays an author who is trying to write her next book. And mm-hmm. at the same time, she reunites with her three best friends from college and her uh, nephew in a cruise ship. And at the same time, there's a there's an agent. There's a um, there's an agent that's trying to figure out more about uh, her next book, mm-hmm. you know, so she won't get fired or anything like that. And she kind of falls in love. She kind of has like a fling with Lucas Hedges. I, it's it's a small little drama thing that like I would show my mom and my mom would like love. Honestly. Oh, so, it's, oh, so it's like a, it's one of those safe movies. It's like. Well, no, it's just, yeah, in a way, you know, but like, there's nothing wrong. Like, nothing too crazy. Like, you know, just. Well, uh, I'd say the third act takes a turn that I would not have expected at all, but uh, the the less said about that, the better. Okay. Uh, What I do want to talk about is a movie I saw with my dad last night. I don't know, whim, because it was on Hulu, and we're like, okay, it's a short thing. It's 84 minutes, thankfully. And I heard it's kooky, even though it's kind of bad. But. I like the director, uh, Brian Taylor, who, if you may not know, has directed Crank 1 and Crank 2 yes. and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, yes. as well as Gamer of yes. all fucking movies. Gamer's hilarious. Uh, he, Crank 1 and 2 are great movies. Yeah. And uh, on Sunday, I watched Mom and Dad, starring Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. Nice. Do you know what the plot of this movie is? Uh, involves uh, Nick Cage's dad and uh, Selma Blair's a mom, and... Uh, they're going to, like, kill their kids or something like that, right? Well, here's the thing. It's not just uh, Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair as the child's parents trying to kill their children. It's every single parent out in the entire world. That's what it was, okay. That is trying to kill their parents. Yeah. So, this movie is... Okay, this movie's literally less than half uh, an hour and a half, right? <laughs> and so much happens and so much just, like goes out the window that you're immediately like it's it's like it's exactly like someone um you know who would make a a movie like crank where like the pacing is like if you had adhd and you're following so many fucking things at like such a very uh high at such high speeds that you are either in on it and you're liking how bad some of this stuff is 
or you're not, and you're, you're just dreading every second of it. Yeah. It feels forever. Yeah. Did you the, like it? The, the thing is, I I liked it. I liked how stupid it was. It has one of my favorite bad performances from Nicolas Cage, where like, this is an actual line from him, uh, where Selma Blair and him are um, trying to break open the door to get to their kids, and Selma Blair says something like, "Um, oh, please, kids, honey." Mommy just wants to get in, and Nick Cage fucking like he. I think he headbutted the door for a second, <laughs> and he says something along the lines of "You motherfuckers, let your motherfucking mother in the motherfucking door, you motherfuckers." <laughs> and, it's just, and it's it's just him off the rails, man. And Selma Blair is there, and like she she's just going through a fucking crazy. So phase this is in peak, this, movie. this is peak Nick Cage. Yeah, it's peak Nick Cage in the best ways and worst ways possible. But it's just the plot itself that is just so weird and kind of awful at the same time. I mean... Because <laughs> uh, it, it mostly follows uh, the, the children in this instance. Mm-hmm. Mainly the teenage girl of uh, Nick Cage and Selma Blair. Who is kind of a piece of shit. She steals money from her parents and uh, she like deals Molly with her best friend who's also kind of a bitch in high school. And... It's it's leading to this weird build up where you just see like random scenes of like moms leaving their their uh, their cars in the middle of like uh, train stations with a baby on board. One literally throws her fucking stroller and like yeets it <laughs> into the front of an SUV. Okay, <laughs> and then it 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 it, it um it starts to co- uh, it doesn't culminate. It starts to like basically take a cheap. World War Z approach where the the girls are in high school, everybody in all the kids are in high school, in in the local town, and they're just all they can see is just a uh, an actual sea of of uh, of parents outside the gated fence in their high school, just waiting to see them, waiting to get near them, and it leads to just this crazy all out assault of parents just trying to murder their children and the thing is it's only oh, their we've children, all been there the, <laughs> we've all been there it's it's only the children it's only their children specifically that they want to kill there are moments where they're just running down the street and other people like literally a kid gets killed by their parent right in front of their eyes and then the guy just uh the, the dad just looks up at the girl and just waves high as if he was like a regular neighbor you know and like that's it that's how far this weird pandemic goes that they don't take any re- like they they don't it's go very into timely any more release. lengths to explain it. Oh yeah, it's a perfect time to release it. No, it, it actually came out like 2 years ago, I think. Mm. Yeah, no cuz <laughs> I I'd heard weird... this I'd heard about this movie before. Yeah, it it has some weird cameos by like Grant Morrison. What? Stars as Yeah, he's uh like, they like star as comic uh, books like Grant Morrison like Yeah, yeah, Grant, Grant Morrison comic book writer. Um they they star as like they have a cameo appearance as a as a reporter as like an epidemiologist uh, epido- you know what I mean an expert on <laughs> epidemics okay and fucking sure. Doctor <laughs> Oz shows up to try to explain what's going on with this whole thing and <laughs> it it's ridiculous nothing really gets explained you're kind of just there along for the ride it's fine and then it, there's like this fun little you know, third act twist that I really like that involves Lance Herrick, Lance Herrickson's character. Cause okay. he also shows up in this movie, obviously. And it made a lot of sense and it was just really funny to see. Aside from that, 
The movie's kind of terrible. The okay. acting's awful. It's Nicolas Cage. What do no, you No, Nicolas Cage is great. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, he's great in the worst ways, you know what I mean? It's at some points. And it's it's definitely one of those types of movies, but like everybody else is kind of shitty, you know, performance-wise. Mm-hmm. The story doesn't make any sense. And then there's just random like literally in the middle of all the violence, they're trying to make this it's it's trying to be like this weird social commentary for parents losing their youth. You know, and feeling that they've that you know they're going through a midlife crisis and they don't know who they are anymore. So yeah, let me just go and, murder my kids. No, yeah, it, obviously, you know, it's a natural assumption you would make. But it, it's it's just weird because in the middle of all this violence, you just get this like eighteen minute log flashback of Nicolas Cage building a a pool table. Then like only culminating in the fact that like Selma Blair shows up. And says, honey, you don't even like pool. Leading to Nicolas Cage going into a mental breakdown where he destroys the pool table that he literally spent hours creating. <laughs> and just talking about how, like, back in my day, when I was a hot young stud, there were titties all over my face. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> Have you ever seen Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> I've heard about it. Not once, not one time. I don't know how it would stack up compared to this fucking kook show. Like it's it's amazing. I gotta watch like, it. That's, that's the only fun. that's the only thing I'd sell with this movie. It's fun, but it's also bad. You know, so that's that's definitely how I would describe it. It's a good. Bad would you watch movie. again? <laughs> Maybe that's the thing because I'd watch it just for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's the funny thing about it. I'm just uh, such a I thought it was, I'm such a fan of the crank movies, dude. I love that style, that, specifically them. Great. You know, they're unironically great. And like, Spirit you know? of Vengeance is a good movie. <laughs> it is. I did. I don't care what anyone says. It's better than the original Ghost Rider movie. Hundred percent. And honestly, it's a movie that just does not give a fuck about what's going on. Yeah. Which is why it's so good. Remember when Ninja Seven was in it? I don't. <laughs> I, I I do because I was like, oh, that's cool. But he really had like fuck all to do with the rest of the movie. Was he? In the, he was he, he in like the a, beginning? He played like a drunk. No, he he was in the whole movie, but like he played like a drunk priest that was like friends with Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. No, that's not his name. Johnny Cat. Not Johnny Cash. What the fuck is Johnny Blaze? That's it. Johnny Blaze. I love it. Johnny Blaze, man. It's it's. I, I I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it if you're into really funny shit movies. You know, if you're yeah. really if you're into like airplane versus tornado or whatever, whatever Nihar was telling me about last night. Like if if you're in or if you're into gamer, yeah, you would like this movie. Unironically. Yeah. Um. Shit, nice. It's a bad movie, but nice. I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it sounds fine. And then, yeah, aside from that, last thing on my week, uh, I, I started reading a series called Crossover from Image, written by Donnie Cates uh, with art by Jeff Shaw, same team behind that Thanos wins storyline from a couple years ago, which kind of, which I think kind of broke out Cates into the mainstream. I don't know, but I think that's how I, I thought it was Venom. Him. That got Donnie well, Cates out there. That, he he got the Venom gig before he got the Venom gig before uh, the Thanos thing. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Really I, where I started hearing. About yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought I thought like that's what broke him into the mainstream. No, I, I think it was that Thanos thing because the 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 Thanos solo um, series was like kind of bad in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They had like a first arc that was fine, and then they he did this thing called Thanos Wins, which you know brought in Cosmic Ghost Rider and was. It, it was an interesting thing because it was like kind of like an Elseworld story in the Marvel universe where it's like, what if Thanos actually won? Like mm. he destroyed everything and he's actually the ruler of the universe. It was a good story, and with this one, it's definitely one of the most ambitious 
ideas I've seen from a comic in recent memory. So, uh, uh, essentially, basically, the plot, the 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 plot of this book, I'm only two issues in right now, but it it seems like they're going for some really ambitious ideas. Is basically the real world suffers this big um, nation, like global wide tragedy in the middle of Chicago, where every single comic book character like actual comic book characters so like they mentioned like superman spider-man by name spawn and all that shit mm-hmm. uh breaks out into the real world and has what they consider to be what the world considers to be the biggest craziest crossover battle of all time which led to the deaths of millions of millions of people and at the same time like and it, and it jumps to like five years later the story starts like five years later where we follow this girl who um, live? Who used to live in Chicago, but her parents are. She thinks her parents are stuck inside, even though that you know a lot of people pr- are pr- presume that they're they've been dead for a while. And Chicago has basically been closed off into this giant dome, where the superheroes nice. are still fighting each other. Nice in this giant crossover battle. And it's this really interesting thing where it's supposed like they meet this. Uh, it has like these really interesting themes that you know kind of evoke like the whole uh, fear of the unknown and um what's that book that like had the comics agency you know crack down on like comic books and back in the 20s or 30s it kind of evokes that sort of thing where like you know people like normal people are just scared of actual comic book characters mm-hmm. because they live in the world and they think that they you know because they're a comic book character they have some sort of power and they're gonna like you know eradicate everybody and she comes across uh, this girl, th- this girl that l- is from the comic book universe, and she basically is going on a cross country like trip to protect her and take her back to Chicago, where she could both find her parents and re- reunite the girl with her parents. And there's some really interesting idea. Like the reason why I say it's ambitious is not only because they like name drop some of these characters. That's a thing that like you know Image Comics have been doing for a while now. Mm-hmm. But they explicitly foreshadowed the idea that Superman himself will be a main character in the series. Are you at even the end to... of the first oh, yeah, issue. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Like they're they could get permission. They've been able to do that before. But I don't know to the extent of like if if it's just him or if they're doing more things with other comic book characters why would or he other be... pop culture things. Why would he be involved like that? Well, I mean, in the context of the book, like, it's a sort of thing where, you know, the, the events are happening as they're presently happening, but the narr- the narrator is, um, you know, narrating it as if it happened before. And, like, there's he, he, it's this whole, um, it, it goes into this whole recurring line of, like, oh, this is mo- actually a story about these people. And also, this is mostly a story about him. And the caption is like literally placed onto this uh, little girl's drawing of a guy with a giant S in his chest, posing like Superman, which leads me to believe that oh, are are they really gonna involve Superman in this book by image? Which is do you like, see them physically? Okay, so here's the extent of like how far some of these things can go with a series like crossover. Um, you could have 
panels and sequences where you could see like body parts of characters mm-hmm. show up and you could tell like oh that's ba- that's superman's arm that's spider-man's arm Batman's that's Spawn's cape yeah that's batman's ear and like you could do that without like you know getting into any legal trouble but you would have to i would assume you would legally have to have like some sort of written agreement to have some of these characters be involved in the series. The thing mm-hmm. is, they don't explicitly tell you, obviously, because it's the first issue, that Superman is a big part of this book. But it's implied that he is, which yeah. leads you to believe that like it's it's this whole thing where like oh, it's the real world actually crossing over with established comic book characters that aren't just you know from the image fold, which is interesting. The third issue of the book, which hasn't come out yet, is. Like the two of the, like th- those two characters and this one dude who's like a you know comic book nerd who owns like the last literally like his shop is called the last comic book uh, shop in America or something nice. like that. Yeah, um, looking in front of what looks like a silhouette of a Gundam, and I don't know if it's actually gonna be a an actual Gundam or not. They haven't specified obviously because this they just sounds like Ready it. Player One to me. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. I like Donny Cates a lot. And I would assume that if it's something like Ready Player... Like, it's... Like, obviously, using all this IP, you know, sounds like Ready Player One in that sense. But it sounds... the uh, You know, two issues in, it is currently looking like a series that has a lot of interesting potential. You know? That also just happens to be a big crossover with a lot of established characters. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I'm only two issues in right now, obviously. But I like Donny Cates. He's a pretty good writer. Yeah. The, the art by Jeff Shaw is really nice. And you're, he's able to put in, like, little Easter eggs, obviously, you know, aside from, like, the, the the limbs and body parts, you know, in the backgrounds of panels. Like, I see, like, I saw the turtles as little Funko Pops in the background. That's I'm cool. like, oh, I'm surprised they were able to get away with that, you know? So, I don't know how far this well goes, but I'm I'm interested to stick it out and and keep on reading. Because it is pretty good. This is Yeah. Other than that, it's kind of my week. Nice. Kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mandal- Mandalorian finished. We finally well, just go get... straight into spoilers with that one. Yeah, we've been talking about Mandalorian for like the last few weeks, and you know, I feel like yeah. you know, like like I feel I feel like at this point, you know, like you kind of have to talk about Mandalorian if you really want to get a full a full opinion on it. But uh, I guess yeah, uh, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, you know what the fuck are you doing? It's like <laughs> you know, watch <laughs> watch Mando. You know, it's it, it's a great show. And, you know, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you know, it, it, it's a show anybody can like and. Uh, the the finale was uh was this friday and uh it's pretty it was something yeah it was something uh so yeah spoilers i will say this yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean uh yeah fine we'll get into spoilers now i would say you know it's it's fine especially given that finale but yeah spoilers from here on out listen on your own risk we have timestamps for this um do you just want to go right into the the finale nah, let's just go from just the, talk about, let's like, go from the beginning i guess um like, the episode starts off Cause we, with uh, with an interaction okay. between like Bo-Katan and Boba Fett and and uh, Din. Um, and we kind of get like a uh, we kind of get like a uh, uh, an idea of like kind of the character dynamics between uh, between like Bo and like how he uh, how she sees like uh, Boba Fett and like Din's whole situation. Uh, one thing I really appreciate how everybody has the exact same face face reaction whenever they hear the kids missing. Or like the kid, you know, they they stole the kid. They all have the yeah, same fucking like sure. what? Like <laughs> So okay. I I don't I don't wanna go like with a whole play by play of the finale yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that, but 
I will say, you know, even though I, I will admit I did enjoy the season more than uh, season one in some aspects, I think it still had a lot of the same problems that I that, you know, really bothered me with season one, specifically with like Din's character, which I feel like they don't really do a lot with Din still, even oh, in, wow. like with another se- season into this. Look, the, and he, hear me out here. Obviously, you know, some little things get explored by, you know, with him, you know, doing every favor in the galaxy and meeting all these other people and meeting other Mandalorians and understanding their perspective. But in terms of an arc, it's it's not as interesting as the stuff that they're, they want to set up with Din in the future and, and the stuff that they set up in these latter half of episodes in season two, where, you know, like, I get it, you know, I, like, I... I I can understand people liking the the whole arc of like, oh yeah, I I don't really stand for anything. Well, I stand for something. I stand for a creed. I'm very, you know, by the rules. But there's this baby. It looks a lot like Yoda. And I'm starting to care a lot about, you know, baby Yoda. And by the end of the season, you know, he has empathy and he's able to like open up a little bit and reveal his mask. You know, he cares about baby Yoda. But I'm not as mo- I'm not as interested in that sort of stuff when they start talking about because you know they because they start talking about more interesting ideas that I think they could explore more uh, with season three or whatever you know the 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 book of Boba Fett is which is his own separate series which I I don't know how far it's gonna be connected with Mando season three but I like the idea of Din I I I'm like I like the idea of Din uh, coming to terms with you know his perception of Mandalorian faith. And being like rocked to the core as he is put into this position where, you know, he is also confronting this other massive uh, look into Mandalorian religion or Mandalorian culture now that he has the Darksaber and he doesn't really care about it. Even though, you know, throughout most of this series, he's been perceived as this crazy religious zealot uh, that is, you know, of a like separate section of Mandalorians. I think that's more interesting, and especially you now that Bo Katan's in there and Sasha Banks is in there. See, you know, that's crossing over. I think that's more interesting than you know the stuff we've gotten with like, oh, I just like Baby Yoda now, and now I disagree. I, I'm, I'm more of a character because of Baby Yoda. I disagree completely. I think uh, I I honestly feel like Baby Yoda not being in the show might be a crutch for the, where the show goes forward. Because one mm. of the one of the best aspects of the show is the connection between between Din and Grogu kind of the relationship they built together and like how din from the from the from the get-go when you first meet Din, he was just kind of a loner he was just he was just a dude who you know believed what he believed in you know just you know doing bounties and not really having like that much of moral compass he kind of he was kind of on the same path as boba fett you know just be like this silent cool guy but he literally just was boba yeah fett he, for a bit of that season yeah just he, a nameless cool guy a nameless cool guy yeah and like slowly but surely like w- you know with the introduction of grogu and just like the interactions together you know them growing i feel like we 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 start seeing a fully realized character like through din like you know he the show in the end like the show i feel like you know like kind of the main point of it you know and kind of just like also the main point of star wars is a companionship you know it's a it's a being in a place being in a place in the universe and and having this connection with somebody or with somebody that really just that really just changes who you are deep you know and i feel like 
season two really realized that, you know, from Din's perspective, I feel like we got a lot more of his personality this season. I feel like we got a lot more of what makes him like uh, a three dimensional character, you know, and especially and and especially um, the episodes in between, you know, him not having Grogu uh, like as a crutch you know like we, we we've gotten some of the best material from star wars because of his growth with the character of grogu you know i think i like not to say that i think the show is like you know is, is going at a dead end now because grogu's not in the picture but i feel like now like the show needs a little bit of restructuring you know because i feel like the core the core element the core family element is not there anymore you know and i feel like that that you know whether or not whether or not that's a good or bad thing, you know, yeah, obviously eyes of the beholder, but uh, you know, Star Wars has always been about family, you know, and like I feel like, I feel like, Din and Grogu, what they had, and like like what the show tried to build up, I feel like it fits perfectly with what Star Wars is, you know. I get that completely, you know, but the thing that, the thing that I want so much from you know uh, uh, from new Star Wars going forward is. You know, dealing with themes that aren't the same stuff that we've dealt with before, which is why I've never been super compelled. I I I, assume, I guess you know that's why I've never really been so compelled with like Baby Yoda or whatever the fuck his name, Grogu, and you know Din's relationship throughout the series. It's a nice one, and like you know, even at the end when they're sa- having their final goodbyes, it is you know emotional, and I do want like I understand the impact of it, but I'm not as interested in it. You know, I, honestly, I'm not as interested in it when compared to other ideas that they bring into the show, which I think is going to be the future of the Mandalorian See, going I forward. Think... I like I, I'm more interested in the idea of like, what does a Mandalorian even mean? What is your perception of a Mandalorian? And why is that somewhat objectively bad? Even though you're learning your your, you know, mind like Bo-Katan's mind is so perplexed on this story where you have to have a story behind giving the fucking Darksaber. Even though that's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit it's, because Bo-Katan, so Bo-Katan was given the fucking Darksaber by by that uh by was it what was it uh what's what's her name with the purple hair? Um the purple hair? Yo, you're talking about Sabine? Yes. Yes. Was it No, a, but I think they had I I think they fought in that episode. Did they? Cuz I remember her Sabine just giving it to her. That must have been the end of the episode. No, yeah, because there's a that's a whole like storyline at the final season of Rebels. Just the whole like crux of like who you know deserves the dark saber, who doesn't. Yeah, I I I gotta remember, I gotta rewatch that or you know look that up again. But See, I, like, I'm pretty sure like it, it's it, what they say in the Mandalorian is very much true in in in, in Rebels as well. It's all about the story. In, according to the Kreese clan, it's all about the story of who gets the dark saber that makes it so powerful. When in fact. You know, why can't we Ryan Johnson it a little bit? Why can't we say, like, why is... How is this, you know, reasonable? How is this logical? It's kind of stupid, you know? Which is why, like, like that moment from Din is one of the most, like... Is one of the few moments in the season, or in that throughout the entire series so far, that I actually agree with him as a character, you know? Questioning these lo- these motives, while at the same time, the you know members of the Kreese clan are questioning his motives. Wouldn't you argue they that they see him as some religious zealot? Wouldn't you argue that same point was made in the first season, though, with his like connection with the guild and like his acceptance of Baby Yoda? He just goes against everything the guild stands for. Wouldn't you argue the that's the same is, thing that happened in the first season? But do you like? I don't feel like that's something that they wanted to make you know a bigger deal. I think I like it, was it was more so. In, I feel like it was. I I feel like in season one, especially in you know in season. 
Less so in season two. It was more about this relationship that they were forming between the two. Yeah. Obviously, they, that does be, that is a factor. But I don't think they really play with that idea as, no, uh, as I, much in season one compared I know, to season man, two. I, I don't know, man. I disagree because I feel like I, I feel like part of the just the entirety of like what the Mandalorian is about is kind of just like set, stepping aside your personal beliefs and values for a, for somebody for somebody who has nothing to do with it. Like kind of just giving up what you giving up what you believe in because you care about this person or this thing so much that you're gonna set aside whatever values you have just because just because you just find this inherent need to protect them. I feel like that's was fully realized in both seasons and I feel like it's very it's been very consistent up until this point. I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree know. there. I'm I I disagree with you on that one cuz I think it's just because because here's the other thing. You have Boba Fett in this, right? Yeah. Which by the way, when he fucking shows up, nobody would have fucking called that. Well, best I mean, episode the first of the season. Episode, best episode of the season. Thing. My my the favorite Robert episode. Rodriguez episode is really great. Yeah. And when he, like literally when he shows up like Five minutes in, it's great. nobody would have called it's it. Great. It's also, the shortest entrance. episode. And it's, yeah, unfortunately. Like honestly, I was I was I was watching. I was in a watch party with my friends for um, for uh, for the finale on Friday, and I joked like, "Oh, what is this thing? Is this fifteen minutes long?" Because like it, you know, this shit tends to happen like that. It, for some reason, they never tell you in advance. But you know, take Bo- Boba Fett for example. Someone who's always been like a, a nameless cool guy. Mm-hmm. I think he had more personality and more character than a lot of what Din had to do this I, season. I, wow, that, you know? wow. I like, feel like I we're watching like completely different shows. The characters were much more interesting I than feel the like core we're, characters Oh, no, I feel like me. we're I feel like we're, we're watching completely different shows, man. I don't know. No, fuck no, dude. I, I feel like, Honestly. Nah, there, man. <laughs> there was much more empathy and more much more interesting things going on. Like, for me personally, there were much yeah. more interesting things going on with Boba Fett and, you know, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka in the episodes that they were, in the moments that they were there, than I did with a lot of what, you know, Din had. I won't say that, like, you know, Din's character arc was weak all around, because there were some strong parts. I think especially in the episode with Bill Burr, you do get to see that a lot more. But that's that's also the other thing that I really hate about most of the show, which is, and I get it, it's that whole idea, and it also leads into that whole idea of, like, you know, this is your guild, this is what you believe in. You know, there is not much for me to really empathize with sometimes with Din as a character because I can't fucking see his face half the time, which but, is why I really like that final see- scene with him and Grogu because you know it's an actual genuine like reaction. But faceless, but faceless characters are like literally one of the pillars of Star Wars. The end of Return of the Jedi, why it's so iconic, is because you can't see Vader's face. You can literally interpret what he's feeling. Through like what's well, going yeah, on, it and like works I feel in like, some instances, and, and like, it just for me, it doesn't work in some. In, in oh this. man, oh man, wow, you know? that's that's fucking Sometimes mind blowing, it dude. Work for me there. Oh fuck, that's fucking mind blowing, dude. Because I feel like I feel is like, it? yeah, <laughs> no, genuinely, because I feel like Din, I feel like Din is extremely well realized, and I got a good feel of his character, especially towards the end. That thing you're saying about, yeah, I can't see his face, I can't relate to him. That's why Grogu's there. His relationship with Grogu is what makes you relate to him, because we all have that thing in our lives that like that you could probably just give up everything for, just because you care about it so much. I feel like. That's what makes Din such a relatable character. Like, yeah, you can you can call him like bl- you can call him kind of boring and like you can call him like kind of boring and like kind of you know stilted or whatever. But you know, I kind of see him more as like he's just more of a blank slate to just kind of you know project yourself onto. You know, is there something that you believe in that you would just set, set aside for something else? You know, I feel like that's what makes Din just so compelling. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know, I, man. Because yeah. if you're doing if, if the thing is if you put him as a blank slate, you know, I. 
I don't think that's the intention, also, but that's it, just kind of like how, how I know, I'm like. But how like I'm doing that, it. that I don't really agree with that as much either because you're putting character traits to him with not only his relationship with Grogu, but like everything else when other Mandalorians start to show up. And I'm more conflicted because, you know, those ideas are just more interesting than just, you know, this faceless like thing where like we could all kind of aspire to. And I get it. It's an interesting idea. And it, like, for the most part, I don't, th- like, but I'm not I don't think that, it. but it, like, it's just something that I, I'm not interested in. But I don't in. think that's the point, though. I don't think I don't th- I don't think really the point is to just like suggest like you know put back you know blank slate you, you know oh yeah obviously you, you're yeah, this character it's not but I I but I think I I think it's just more I, I think it's just more of a fact that like you know like like again like his arc was I I think his arc came full circle fully realized um, by the end of this season especially you know you know coming coming from the first you know and like you know he he really you know he really completed he completed his mission he did what he needed to do and i feel like his relationship with grogu really just kind of pers- really just kind of just embodies like embodies what the show is about and kind of like like just the characters you know i feel like i feel like i don't know man i just i, I just really dig what they did with din in this in this season and i really dig the fact that um that they just had that i could feel so i could feel such empathy for for uh for you know the relationship of of a guy in this puppet, you know, like I I I, yeah. I I felt that a lot, you know, and like I I don't know, I just think I just think Din, what they did with him this season, is great, and I think where I think where they're gonna take him, I'm not so sure about because I feel like now we're kind of getting into like the muddy, overcomplicated Star Wars, you know, where like oh yeah, I don't know, a little too I much. Know. I think we're. You know? I think we're in a much more interesting... For me, personally, I think we're in a much more interesting position for him as a character, for him as a Mandalorian, specifically, uh, going forward. Yeah, no, I... Because I, 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 yeah. I like that whole idea of just, like, what is what does a Mandalorian, you know, really mean? What is your favorite? Like, you know, like, this whole... that I, I'm not really a fan of a lot of, like... I feel like this this show, arguably, focuses more on set pieces rather than, like, you know... Yeah, hundred percent. Sometimes, oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, sure. Which is also, you know, a bit of a problem in itself. But I do like these moments where, you know, characters are confronting, you know, what they stand for. Like the whole stolen Mando valor was never really a thing. Wasn't really a thing that they talk about in, uh, in in the throughout most of the season. But you get a little bit of an idea of that with Bo Katan's stance on what Boba Fett is. Yeah. If he calls himself a Mandalorian, she just straight up denies that and says, "You are not a Mandalorian. You're a manufacturer." Yeah, I fucking hate Bo Katan, <laughs> by the way. Seed. <laughs> I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. I like her character so much because she is so much in that one extreme. See, where Dale was also in that oh. bit of an extreme as well. Oh, I, but I, now I, he's. I, I well, I do a look. I don't, I don't want to poo poo everything that they've set up here with you know his dynamic with Grogu and everything because. There are bright spots in it, you know, and there are things I really liked about it. But I do think this leads to a really interesting uh, dynamic going forward in season three where you have this perception of, you know, what is the extremities of faith with Bo-Katan being seen as this sort of, in a way, as this sort of antagonist that is far right or far, you know... for, for comparison's sake, far right in this one mindset of what a Mandalorian is supposed to be, and Din is now conflicted about that. He has broken his code by opening up his uh, his helmet and in, in his face, and I think that's more. In, I think that's a really interesting idea to take uh, going forward with the series. Mm-hmm. And it's things that like they it's things that they've done with Ahsoka before in Clone Wars, and I'm confident with like Filoni and Favreau uh, that they could do something more with that 
than what we've seen the past two seasons. You know, and, and here's a, here's another thing I wanted to to bring up because I think it was a very interesting question, and I don't really know how it is for a lot of people who haven't seen Clone Wars or any of the other supplemental material. Do you think these characters that were reintroduced here, so Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Sasha Banks, well, she's a new character, but, you know, regardless, do you think those characters would have been more interesting? Or no, do you think people would be would have that appeal with those characters had they not seen Clone Wars or any of the other supplemental material that introduced them beforehand? No, I don't think so. Do you think they would have stood on their own if you had not watched those things? No, I don't think so. Maybe I Boba Fett, but way. maybe Boba Fett, but I don't think Bo-Katan, or just any of the Mandalorians. Feel, I kind of feel that way with Ahsoka in a sense. Even though I really love her performance, I love Rosario Dawson in this in that episode. I really like where she came from. I think part of the reason why I really liked Ahsoka in that episode was because it was straight up just Ahsoka. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things that I do not like about the current iteration of Star Wars, where it is a lot of fan service being thrown your way and you're supposed to like it because it's just it's it's what you know it's what you like right same thing with the dark troopers in a sense even though they are cool i i don't like the idea of them just introducing the dark troopers into the show because it's something that the, you like from the games you know i don't i i'm not as interested in that but as compared to but, stuff like that is more original but would you would you argue that it's not done well I because I because well. I don't think because I don't think the fan services in the show is done in like a distasteful manner like in Rise of Skywalker. It, I feel like everything yeah, no, is like woven in pretty well. It's woven in well. I'm just saying I don't like this idea of this has to be a lot of fan service. Like th- this, I don't this think is it is though. I don't think and it you is like though. it because it is fan. I don't think it is though. I just see it as just a continuation of what they've set up previously. Like Mandalorian is a clear continuation of what we were do- what they were doing in Clone Wars and Rebels. You know. Like I don't, I don't really see it as like, oh, hundred uh, percent has to be, you know, its own thing. Where no, this is a clear continuation of what they were trying to do before. You know, just like it's the same story, just told from from like a different side of the universe. You know, like I don't think. Yeah, uh, but I'm, but what I'm saying is like, you know, do these do these characters as they currently are right now, are they interesting because you know them from before? You know, you know them from other things. Like I, I think that's an interesting discussion. Not just not for us, mm-hmm. you know, because we are fucking diehard, d- diehard Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. but for people who are, you know, who are probably seeing this as their first foray into Star Wars, or you know, they don't watch as much Star Wars as you know we typically do. I, think I mean, hey, look at. Thing, I mean, know, hey, look at all the Game forward. of Thrones characters. You know, would these characters like? Would you like these characters if they didn't have like, like you know, set amount of books? Uh, Send amount of books, uh, you know, to like explain their backstory and who they are. Like, for the most well, part, yeah. Okay, but for the most part, yeah, about, it works. You know. But in terms of scope, that's a whole different thing. Is like, it? We're talking about Star Wars. Yes, Is Star it? Wars, where it has so many stories, so many books, so does Game of Thrones, TV shows, and I'm talking about like as a franchise. I mean, you know? sure, like, yeah, it, but a, the scope like it's on of the whole level but the that. scope of the world is just as grand, if not bigger than well, not, I want to say bigger, but it, I don't, it's just I don't as grand as Star that. Wars. Like, no, I disagree. Like, 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 I don't know about that, honestly. I don't, I don't really think of that anymore because look at all the look at most of the stories we've gotten over the years. They somehow have to deal with the Skywalkers, you know. Like, I don't want to fucking, I, I don't want to, um, you know, praise Red Letter Media every second I, I get, and I, I won't. But, you know, I think it is true in that sentiment uh, where one of them brings it. I think it's Rich Evans 
where you know they bring up that Star Wars just feels more small in scope just smaller in scope than it has before no yeah because you're always going to get more familiar characters and more familiar set pieces uh, because that that's just what the people and that's want, a, and, and I get, and that's that, a criticism we had. Like, that's a criticism we had going into the Mandalorian season one. You know, we wouldn't want Boba Fett yeah. to be part of it because we don't want the world to feel as you know feel smaller. Which that's a valid argument completely, but like I think like uh, I, I like that that's a tough that that's a tough thing because like yeah on the it's on the one hand he he's done well on the one you know, hand like look, I, I could argue he's done well for our like. I assume you think like he's done well, and I I think he's done really well, you know when he does show Who, up. Who's he? Who's and he? I, oh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Oh, you oh. know, or like just as an example, you know, like j- just to throw him as an example. I think that's just a like it's a tricky situation because like yes, we want I, like I, for me at least, you know, and I'm sure you do too. You know, we want more original stuff, more original worlds, more original characters in Star Wars. But at the same time, when you start to bring some of those more familiar things back, they are interesting because, you know, it is the stuff that you grew up on. Like, I, it, it's insane. It's crazy looking back now at this investor call and none of the things that they announced, none of the projects that they announced are even past the events of Episode Nine. Anything to do with, like, that whole world that they set up. You know the whole the whole High Republic thing is its own other thing, and that's an interesting well, to idea be fair. to take. Well, to be fair, but it's, it's literally just going back into the past. There's not well, anything going into the future. Yeah. Well, know? yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, I could, I, I could agree with a lot of that. Um, I could agree with a lot of that. The thing is, it's tough, dude. Because the thing is, on yeah, like on one hand, uh, on one hand, you know, I would love to see, I would love to see, um. You know more original Star Wars content, you know, and but you know on the other hand, I would like to see you know I I like to see just a continuation of what we had before. It's always it was nice to see. Um, I think the Mandalorian got hit both hit both marks, uh, pretty well. I'm pretty sure. Like I I I personally feel like I I I'd say they had a pretty good batting average until Luke showed up, and I'm just saying because visually looked look Luke looked awful. It uh, yeah, makes sense for him to show yeah, up. Yeah yeah yeah. Look, but well, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I I really hate this yeah, whole thing that we, they keep we can doing talk about, with the We can talk about Luke technology. now. Yeah, we can talk about Luke now, but I guess like, you know, just my I guess going back to my point, it's like, you know, I we got that original Star Wars content with the first season. I think the first season of The Mandalorian was kind of like one of the best ways you can just introduce this new set of casting characters and this new world uh before you start getting into like start getting deeper into that lore. I feel like we already what we have in the Mandalorian, the foundational things that make it great, has more to do with the originality of what uh, the originality of it, what we had first, more so than you know the all the fan service shit we got in the second season. Which don't get me wrong, you know the fan service shit, like you know I don't hate it. Like I like I do agree sometimes it could it, it could probably you know like come off as like a little egregious, but like I don't I I think the way it was done and I think the way like it was implemented in the story felt natural and it felt like just a, like, like a more common progression you know to be honest like I like 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 you said before like like I I, I guess you and me could both agree on this like you know we we like we we like our, our personal Star Wars stories you know we like the we like the like the small scale ones you know the the ones like where yeah. things don't get overly complicated and like you know things like aren't like you know getting too crazy i feel like the first two seasons of the mandalorian kind of just perfectly encapsulated what i wanted from uh star wars you know just like a a a smaller scale personal story about you know lone wolf and cub just a a man looking for looking for uh looking for a more fulfilling purpose you know and he found that through this relationship i don't know i just feel like i feel like the mandalorian i I feel like at the same time though like 
it is small scale, but at the same time, it's also connecting to every a lot of bigger things no, that we've yeah, seen before. No, I, too. no, yeah, hundred percent. But like, kind of like, like, like what like you're now, saying. Look, 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 Monday, look, look. What you're saying with Bo-Katan. Look, 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 look. What you're saying with Bo-Katan, like how you're kind of finding it interesting that like it's going that direction. I, I don't because I feel like that's going that's going more into like the overly complicated stuff, you know, with with like with uh, Din, you know, he's kind of connecting like like if we're going to go back to like, well, if we're going to expand more on like everything going like continuing from where like uh, Clone Wars or Rebels left off with the Mandalorian, I feel like that's going to start muddling things up a little more, you know, like losing that losing that relationship with Grogu, losing that like kind of personal connection that makes Din so human, you know, I feel like that's going to that might affect show in a negative way you know um i like i like i like a lot of what, what we gotten you know and you know I, I guess like you know going into luke now like i like that we got luke i fucking hate the fact that the, the whole the whole fucking face mask shit he looks awful oh god it, looks, it, looks it does not awful. look good does not look good at all you know it, I, it's insane to me that this is key this is a thing that constantly why is keeps it happening and i understand that they want to keep it as if, like, yes, it, this is technically five years after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi. Explain Alden. But for God's <laughs> sakes, dude. Explain Alden. Huh? Why, like, Explain like... Alden. Yes, it's the it's the fucking Jeremy Jones video. Like, yeah, I, it it's ridiculous to me. I would have been you know, so like, fine. They really do pick and choose this dude, stuff. Dude, I would have been it's, so it, fine. It just doesn't make sense with with anybody, anybody just physically playing Luke Skywalker. Just... Sebastian Stan was the perfect choice forever, and like, I don't understand why they just did not like approach that. You know, it's a, well, it, 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 it is a hard thing to hide. I would admit it's a, it is a hard thing to hide. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard thing to hide. But then at the same time, you're choosing to keep them with the same fucking haircut five years later. And then it's just oh, it, it results with just a weirder face. You could tell it's like it's it's that whole uncanny valley thing. The all over only thing, with Tarkin yeah, or like Leia. The only thing that know? ruins you can tell it's not real. It's uh, it sucks because the only thing that really ruins that scene for me is the visuals of it. You know, because like, like, yeah, like, like what, what John said in that video is like, okay, what if you wanted to Luke bring, what if you wanted to bring Luke into like Ahsoka? What if you wanted to bring Luke into like something else? You know, are we just going to yeah. keep on doing that? You know, that whole thing, you know, like wh what's so wrong about recasting, recasting uh, Luke Skywalker? You know, it's still Luke Skywalker and it's still with respect to Mark Hamill. You know, it's not like we're, you're pissing your, you know, w would you consider recasting Alden, Al uh, Alden? As Han Solo pissing on 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 Harrison Ford, you know, I, I don't think no, so. No, because Harrison Ford can't even walk half the time <laughs> on set. Like he got injured on fucking Force Awakens. Yeah. So what do you think they're gonna like? It doesn't make any sense, you know. And then with someone like Mark Hamill, like obviously they use a body double. It's not like it was. Mark Hamill was on set apparently. Mark Hamill was on set apparently. Uh, he was on set. Okay, well I'm sure he's also credited with the voice too. But the whole motion capture thing was done by another actor. Yeah, and like literally all it was. It was. Why didn't they cast the guy from perfect. Episode Seven? Remember? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or uh, nine, you mean? No, I, well, I'm talking about. Remember, do you remember the the original scene for the flashback for Episode Seven? They casted a dude oh, yeah. that looked that looked. Isn't that? Yeah. I thought that was just Mark Hamill, but you just don't see his face. No, 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 no. It was a. It, well, let me find the picture for you. But they. You're talking about the vision where he touches R two, right? The no, I'm talking about the when when Ray grabs the lightsaber. When Gray grabs the lightsaber and she has that flashback in Episode Seven, the scene where she, she's supposed to see Vader versus Luke fighting. Um, oh yeah, but that was cut, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cut. That's what I'm saying. Why didn't they cast? Yeah, why didn't uh, they cast that original guy? Because I remember, I remember that guy. Like, yeah, he looked like he looked like Mark Hamill, but interestingly enough, he looked a lot like Hayden Christensen as well. Which honestly makes a lot of sense for the character, you know. You know? <laughs> like, I, I, here, let me see if I, I can I find know, it. I don't know, man. Let me see if I can find honestly. it. Honestly, yeah. I, I it's it it, it, it ain't, that sort of stuff frustrates me because that scene 
look, it makes sense. A Jedi, it, they foreshadow a Jedi is supposed to find him. I thought it was gonna be Ezra. Other than, I thought it was gonna be Ezra. Ezra would have been a good choice too, but then honestly, given the timeline, it makes sense that it would be Luke. Yeah. But you know, everything about that sequence was perfect up until they showed his face. Yeah. The yeah. whole fight scene is awesome. They should have done a Doctor you know? Manhattan Obviously thing. Obviously, it had to be in a house. They should have done a Doctor Manhattan thing, where you just don't see his yeah, face. Yeah, at all. Yeah. No, it would have been perfect. It would have been completely perfect, and you still would have credited Mark Hamill because you know he could still voice act. And sound like he's Mark, uh, like he's Luke Skywalker from 1985 or 83, you know, like it's, it, it, it just, it bothers me, because, it, it, it just doesn't, it, it shouldn't, I don't know. I sent they you have this weird thing. I sent the picture, on. I'm gonna look at it picture. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it just, it's that whole thing that you know, Fox used to do it a lot too, but you know, Disney more so now, where it's just they have to keep with the original likeness, and. Look, it's one thing to change the face of Palpatine from episode 5 to 6 because you don't know who's going to be Palpatine and you just have this really weird, cool-looking cardboard cutout of a face in that scene in the original cut of Empire. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing where these people are literally either dead or too old to play some of these characters. And just having them back with their original likeness and all that stuff, it just feels wrong. That guy guy from the the episode 7 cut scene, his name is Robert Bolter. Robert, um, Paul. Yeah, Robert Poulter. Bolter. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Okay, I do remember this. Yeah, I do remember that face. That would have been a good yeah. choice. That would have been a great choice. Honestly, I don't understand why they do this sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Either. It's no. like I, it, it's it, that's that's a Disney decision, like being weird it with is. their IP. Because I, really I, 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 I don't think John Favreau. Well, at least I hope John Favreau didn't want you know. CGI'd Luke face smashed whatever the fuck you, you know, know he's never gonna say it cause he's under like NDAs under NDAs yeah, under I, don't, NDAs, well, I don't know John but, Favreau you know. makes his own questionable decisions John Favreau yeah is, no oh, but like I'm just saying I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just I'm just uh, setting up the argument that he just did not want that yeah probably but Yeah. I, I kinda agree with you too given the guy you know made Lion King yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know Wait, wait till that YMS it, review comes out for the Lion King. Oh my god, it's gonna be great. He's doing one. Yeah, he's doing one for Lion King. Okay, so remember the Kimba review? Yeah, how it was like five hours long. Or yeah, no, two so and a half, two, almost three. Yeah. So the reason why he made that Kimba review was because originally for his Lion King 2019 movie uh, review, he was going to have a little segment on the whole Kimba thing, you know, because he figured, hey, you know, uh, this is, I feel like this is probably something I should talk about. Um, inter- Which went into that whole rabbit hole. Yeah, it yeah. literally just went into the rabbit hole, and then he he had to do a three-hour video. He had to. <laughs> well, Have you seen his fucking Blu-ray collection video? Yeah, I did. 19 hours long. It's nine hours, <laughs> first of all, and yes, I saw oh, all of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn it. I thought it was... It, you, yeah, still, too much. <laughs> nah, nah, he's great. Uh, I love YMS. Uh. I, I know, I know. He, he, he comes up with really funny stuff. Uh, there was a funny antidote. This is just a quick little tangent on YMS for a second. There's love a funny little antidote from... Um, peach saliva who's good friends with him <laughs> where she she stayed at his place for a couple of days while he was making the kimba video and she told pat her boyfriend from castle superbeats about um how he literally spent those days just watching kimba yeah literally 24 7 yeah and <laughs> like like literally putting himself on the brink of death for like these hour-long content. Okay, so what he did, what he did <laughs> for Kimba, crazy. like to to rewatch to rewatch Kimba, like literally every second that he wasn't doing something, he was watching, he was watching Kimba. Kimba. Yeah, literally. So like, <laughs> it's insane. In the time, okay, so he would have friends over his house to go watch it, and so like, yeah, 
in between while like his friends were like talking and doing whatever he would just turn on Kimba and like while everybody's just talking drinking you know having a good time he's just there watching Kimba yeah it's insane Adam from YMS I I don't know if you're ever gonna listen to this buddy but I love you you're you're great I I respect I respect your energy to put yourself on the brink of death for this sort of content I love it here's a little kiss from your boy in in, in Miami love you buddy mwah um. Yeah, he's sure. Great. Yeah, no, no, he's great. He's uh, great. That's something. He, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I do, I do like his stuff. Uh, uh, he, he does a whole. Month. But back to Mando. He's my, he's my, fa- he's my favorite furry. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He has a furry. That is pretty mega funny. furry, mega um, furry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, back to Mando for a second. Like I don't, don't get me wrong. I still think this was a decent, you know, season of television. I think it did really have a lot of good high points. I do think though. You know, because as somebody as somebody who watched Rebels and as and Clone Wars over the years, I feel like they should try to. I, and I get it because it's the first live action Star Wars show. You know, they really want to show off that money with their set and they did and everything like that. They <laughs> that did. first they episode did. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and and I and I'll give it props for that. But at the same time, I want them to try to focus less on like. Obviously, they're gonna focus on set pieces, but I want to try to see. I hope for you know in the future seasons. And the spinoff shows that they focus more on like character and writing, Oof. too. I think it's going you know? the opposite direction, to be honest. I don't like that. <laughs> I think we were thing. good like, with I Grogu. I think we were good with Grogu. The thing is, okay, I think there's a lot of and talking about the spinoffs for a second. Obviously, the one that got revealed at the end of Friday's episode with the story of Boba Fett, the book, the book of yeah, Boba yeah. Fett. I think that has a really po- interesting potential because at this whole point. You get little seedlings of it in season two of Mando, but the whole thing about Boba Fett is he's not a character. He's just a guy who looks cool. The biggest challenge and probably the most exciting thing about a Boba Fett TV show is the idea that you are going to make a character out of this toy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially. And I think that's really exciting for whatever they're going to do with that. I really, I, I, I will say... I think he was probably my big, the biggest highlight for me in the season, and I, and you know, I wasn't expecting the after credit scene, but I really, really did love that after credit scene. Yeah, um, with Fat Fortuna. It's a nice callback. <laughs> it's, it's a nice shot. callback to to Return of the Jedi, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, what they're gonna do with Book of Boba. Uh, What's the deal with the chair? Does everybody get fat from the chair? Because Samora Morrison's already kind of put on some weight. Yeah, uh, but like Bib Fortuna got fat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Boba the Hut is a great name for him. That would be fantastic. That's a fucking great name, Boba the Hut. Like, and oh. I and I'm really, I'm honestly great for. I think the biggest, the person who gets like the biggest flex of them all, Tamara Morrison. Like in, in terms of just getting, no, okay, <laughs> in in terms of getting work, I mean, Tamara Morrison, yes, because he could probably show up as Rex and a bunch of other clones in the live action shows, but also like Ming Nan Wen, yeah, hundred percent, Fennec, who's also who's going to be in both animated shows and in Book of Boba Fett, after like being in the show that nobody thought anybody would have a career after with Agents of Shield, but look at her now, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh. It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, well, one last thing yeah. about it. Sorry, I do want to just bring this one uh, thing because I forget. You know, we haven't mentioned him, and he was a big bad this season, technically. Moff Gideon. Um, yeah. Moff Gideon. Yeah. What, what do you think of Moff Gideon this season? Uh, I think um, he's such a great Star Wars villain that I wish he wasn't Giancarlo Esposito. I wish. Really? I, oh damn! I I really did like John Juan Carlo Esposito. No, he's, no, he's amazing. He's amazing. But I can't. But I I just know it's him. And I can't, I, I can't detach oh. myself from the fact that he's like Gus, you know. 
I'm kind of sick. Oh, okay. I'm kind of sick of seeing Giancarlo Esposito as like, just like the same kind of villain, you know. But the character himself and Giancarlo Esposito as a fucking Star Wars Nazi, amazing. He's fantastic. Amazing. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Great. I, and oh, dude, I, I, oh, I just love the mustache. I love the mustache. <laughs> I love like the little hints of like the seventies you see in the man in Mando. Like, yeah. were, were they still trying to keep it in that, in, you know, in that, like, s- somewhat time frame, you know, of the original? Pedro Pascal shaved his porno mustache in that final scene, right? Did he shave no, it? No, I don't think so. I feel like he did. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Okay, because it looked lighter than the other scenes when he took him off this season. Yeah. When he took off the mask this season. No, Moff Gideon's great, dude. I think he, like, I, in, in terms of yeah, just, like, I, a... I really like him, too. Yeah, in terms of just a Star Wars villain, bro, like, that's... You know, just the scenes of him walking down the hallways, just I- imposing with that, with, uh imposing with uh you know with the with the cape draping draped in the back of him he's exactly what saber. i wanted from um from uh ben mendelson in, in rogue one. Oh yeah oh damn i mean i do like his performance as krennic but i do see where you're coming from with that yeah i i oh man yeah and honestly i'm glad they didn't kill him off although i did i really did like the scene when he almost killed himself for a minute oh, yeah. i'm like oh shit we're doing this for a disney show oh fuck but no dude not. can we talk okay yeah before we move on can we also talk about like the whole the whole like empire rationalization shit like when they were talking about the death star yeah millions died oh yes millions died from you terrorists like holy shit holy fuck <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there is a show. Yeah. There's a show I'm watching currently that I will not spoil. That is literally doing the exact same thing, and it is fantastic when you start to see the bad guys be like, "No, wait, you're the bad guy." I love. <laughs> I love. That. I love that Mando <laughs> is one of the first, like, one of the first few Star Wars properties to really like poke at that idea that like hey man like you know you're kind of bad too like we have our own yeah. perspective and like fuck you like that that's really interesting like kind of, like ryan ryan johnson kind of like that ryan, johnson, ryan johnson lives on with <laughs> yeah, <that>. literally, literally, <laughs> ryan johnson like kind of dabbled with that like in last jedi but i i'm really glad that they're i, I just the idea of like these of these, you know, of these Nazis trying to, trying to like, to, 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 to hold on to something that's just far and gone, you know. I think that's so interesting. Oh boy, oh boy, I want to talk about what I, what I'm thinking, what I, re- what show I referenced there, but I really cannot yeah. with what you said. But I love that. Yeah. I do love that as well. You know, you're talking about like that scene in the finale, right? Where in the, um, in the, in the beginning the, of the episode, where the pilot, yes. yeah, where the pilots are saying all that shit. To, um. um Anti-vaxxer, yeah, whatever Gina, the fuck Gina her name Gina, is. Fuck. Gina, <laughs> yeah. Gina Carreno. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Fuck. I can't remember her character's name. Anti-vaxxer, anti-masker. Yeah. Anti-Bidener. There was a lot of there was a lot of controversies with Gina Carreno. Yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes. I just haven't looked yeah, into it. Everything. Yeah, there's a lot. Who knows if she's gonna still be? <laughs> That's the thing. Man. She's still gonna be. They here. announced a spinoff show, and I'm like, is she gonna be there? I mean, it's Rangers in the Republic, so you know, it's it's pretty broad. You know, like it could be the fact. Yeah. Then the or Dave, yeah, it's Dave Filoni and uh, Dave Filoni. <laughs> Dave Filoni and I don't know the other guy Porkins. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Honestly, what if that would have been I think that would have been better, honestly. Talk about originality. Instead of Luke in that X Wing, it, it was the fat guy. It's the fat guy with a with a green lightsaber. Ezra would have been, cool, uh, would've been cool, man. Ezra would have been cool. I I think I, I I I honestly like looking back at it, you know, like if they just casted somebody, if they actually casted somebody to play Luke, I would have been so I would have been way happier, you know. But like that that face really ruins it for me. It really did for me too. I, I'll tell you this about Ezra. 
I don't know. I'm, I was expecting it. I kind of was expect like a little. Uh, I was expecting a little bit of that to happen in the finale too. But I think everything that's going to happen with Ezra, I I don't I I wouldn't be surprised if we get Ezra cast in a show, like maybe two three years down the line. In Ahsoka. All these new I, shows I think he's going to show up in Ahsoka. Well, here's the thing, because they're they're announcing that this they they announced that all these shows are supposed to be like a big uh, crossover thing, right? Supposed to culminate in this big crossover event. I think the end game of all these live action shows, or the ones that are connected in this Mando universe, I think the end game is supposed to be, you know, the return of Ezra and Thrawn. Wherever that happens, whether it be in Ahsoka, which seems more likely, or in any of the other shows, I think that's I think that's what they're building towards. Mm-hmm. And I I'm interested in that because, and it's fast it's it's interesting because you go from you know this that world being set up in Rebels and Clone Wars as as animated TV shows, and now you have the potential to really just do tv movies with the budget of actual movies culminating like ending those storylines in the in that fashion no, yeah and i think that's really interesting yeah, yeah um the future of star wars is bright that's like the best thing you could that's the that's the one thing you can take away from all this you know? bright and familiar huh yeah <laughs> bright and familiar yeah well i am excited but like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I, I want it's a shame we didn't get ryan's trilogy announced yeah you know reconfirmed oh, yeah. in that oh my god yeah yeah, if there's one fucking movie to just give a, give me now, it's, it'd be Ryan's trilogy. We love you, Ryan. We love you, Ryan. Don't stop fighting. We love to never stop Don't fighting. Don't give in to the light. Never stop fighting. Never stop fighting. <laughs> never surrender. If there, honestly, if there's <laughs> if there's like one filmmaker that I could that, that I could be like an assistant to, it'd probably be Ryan Johnson. Genuinely. First of all, he seems like a sweetheart. Second of he all, like I second of all, I I kiss the ground that the man stands like. <laughs> Every like writing and like filmmaking philosophy that Ryan carries, I hold very true and near and dear to like what I do, you know. Yeah, if only Bob Iger shared the same stuff. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> oh man, I guess that's it for Mando. That's it for Mando, yeah. I I liked it. I liked yeah, it. it's it fun. I I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, regard <laughs> after after all that emotional talk between the no, two. No, it's fine. Sorry. No, I mean no. Yeah, I really no. Like genuinely, like I like you know it's like, whatever. Like I, I wish you liked it more, but like whatever. You know we we got a lot more Star Wars shows coming, and uh, no, I know we got a lot more Star Wars shows coming, and uh, yeah, you know Star. Wars. It, it, it's just good to know that we have good Star Wars now. You know, no matter no matter the case, <laughs> it's good to know that we that we have a Star Wars that just doesn't endlessly fucking piss us off. Yeah. Star Wars is back. Star Wars is back. And and not <laughs> Star Wars is back and not like before. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know it's been a year since Rise of Skywalker. Oh uh, right? yeah, don't talk. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> I you know it's funny I still haven't rewatched it. I uh, yeah, I tried. I can't. <laughs> it's I can't. It's something. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Primal. Yeah, Primal's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I I recommended uh for this week on the show a show by Gendy Kar- uh, Tartakovsky, a veteran animator and someone who has had a you know substantial influence in her childhood oh my god oh my shows. god <laughs> <laughs> probably more than substantial um he, he he his new show on adult swim recently wrapped up its first season and i figured hey what better time than now to uh to uh rewatch this first season and talk about it would this would be your first time uh watching this season yep. i i think it's probably my second or third time uh, rewatching the first season, the whole first season, which I think you could find on Hulu right now, but eventually the the rest of the the other five episodes of season one are supposed to be coming. You, you have to have Hulu Live TV for to, to yeah. watch on Hulu. Damn, I to watch on or if you have on demand with like you know if you're paying for cable and you have on demand like Adult Swim and shit like that. Yeah. 
Ah, yeah. I thought it was already on HBO Max by that point, but I guess it just takes a little. It's only the first five episodes on HBO Max, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll start. What do you? This is like the first time. What do you think of Primal? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, first time watching Primal. Uh, again, huge Genny Tartakovsky uh, fans, both of us. Uh, he's great. Uh, I, I really liked it. I really liked this first season. Um, I. I'm not gonna say like I'm in love with it, like something like Samurai Jack was, because like Samurai Jack was just such a such a different thing and such a weird time period in my life that was just perfect, you know. But yeah. like the one thing, you know, and like we're both super familiar with like what Gendy has done in the past. This is like the perfect combination of like all of Gendy's true strengths as an animator and as a filmmaker, you know. I think it's peak visual storytelling. Oh yeah, to the max. Like for for his work. To the max. At this like point. you're not you're not going to like <laughs> when it comes to like visual when it comes to like visual storytelling like like Christopher what Christopher Nolan is for film is what like Gary Targassi is for like visual storytelling, you know. If he can if he can yeah. tell the story without saying a word of dialogue, he'll do that shit, you know. And it is a show, mind you, that does not have a single a, any yeah. any any single bit of dialogue. It is just grunts and VFX of, uh, sounds. It's just of a dinosaur. It's just, and, and, and then and the dinosaur Aah! like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's. Um, I I I I want to say, adding on to that, because you now for those of you who don't know, it's about a caveman named Spear, and uh, the ongoing survival. With uh, him and his buddy Fang, a dinosaur. Uh, I I, 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 I do want to say because we um, we talked about this uh, before we started recording. I love how it is, even though it's a very violent and graphic show, it still retains some of that trademark Gendy wit and humor in like moments that you wouldn't expect it to, and then like juxtaposed in moments where. You just wouldn't expect to see it at all. Like I, I don't want I don't want to spoil like some episodes, but like I I know one particular episode that we both adored was the zombie stegosaurus. Oh, it's fantastic! Or the six stegosaurus, and it is it, it plays out straight up like a horror movie, at some points. But at the same time, like part of it's kind of hilarious because at that point in the season, you have these two characters who have literally gone through hell and back multiple times, and you know aren't even like flinched by it. But then it's one of those rare occurrences where, like, shit is so... Like, they are so down bad that it is actually, like, really, really, like, distressing. And you could tell from their faces. And there's not a single word of... Yeah, like, again, there's not a single word of dialogue that comes out Which of it. Which is a big point just, of, the, of this show. Because there's really not... It's fantastic. Not a single, not a single lick of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's not the... Let me ask you. Yeah. Oh uh, no no no! You finish. Your point. I was just gonna say it's not the kind of show that you could just like be on your phone on while it's playing in the background. It's like, oh yeah, you literally cannot like know what's going on if you're not yeah. watching it. I want I wanted to ask you, because uh, this, this it's for the most part it's not really a uh, a linear story. There are like some there's like a two parter here and there, and then there's like some seedlings that we're gonna have an ongoing uh, narrative storyline. You know, whenever we get to season two. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, like, what were some of your favorite episodes or moments from the season, without spoiling, of course? Or like, what, like, what, what were some things that really stood out to you where you looked at it and were like, "Yeah, this is good." I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess mostly just like the the color palette and like the 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 animation of it all, you know, um, like when it when the action gets intense, when the action like really starts like you know starts uh 
starts rolling. Uh, you really get a sense of you really get like a sense of like uh, the uh, the visceralness of of just of what's going on because yeah like the like the the the, the action sequence in the in the show it's like it's literally like by the skin of your teeth kind of kind of kind of fighting where you're just like clawing clawing through the dirt trying to trying to. Uh, trying to live the next day yeah. um this like there, there are scenes where you just see uh you see spear like fucking just breaking limbs off different uh, of different animals and the scenes where like uh where where uh spear is just beating the fucking shit out of some monkeys like just <laughs> going insane um oh, I, love I think it. my favorite episode <laughs> my favorite episodes probably yeah the zombie stegosaurus is great um the the episode with the witches is really good uh very emotional yeah uh which uh, a huge which a huge plus for the show by the way even though the show the show is mostly visual storytelling um without dialogue you get a you get a such a a uh palatable uh feel for these characters that you completely yeah. understand where they're coming from emotionally you know where they are where where they are you know in, in their mindset like without Without saying a single thing, you know there are scenes in this in this show that are genuinely really heartbreaking, and and it just and it just goes to show like the the precision that Gany Targoski has when it comes to his directing. You know he really knows he really understands emotion and he really knows how to reflect that. You know through through this medium. Yeah, he's a master in just showing, oh, yeah. especially in this first <laughs> I, season of Primal, of just showing and not telling. I, I, I was talking, I know? was talking that much, but I didn't tell you like what, what, what some of my favorite episodes were. Um, yeah. So okay, the the Stegosaurus was one. Yeah, I assume the witches. Well, okay, you you tell me. Yeah, yeah, the witches. The yeah. witches are uh, the, the uh, Coven of the Damned. That's a really heartbreaking that one. Was, oh man, Rage of the Ape Men. No, oh, it's Rage so of the Ape Men's great. Wait, hold on, Rage of the Ape Men's great, but fuck, Terror Under the Blood Moon, dude. Oh, the the pterodactyls oh, and the spider. Yeah. Oh god, so, so fucking good. Both of those episodes back to back, so good. The the eight men one, they're just going going fucking insane. Just just these uh just uh, uh spear like <laughs> spear going fucking ape shit. Like oh god, it's great. All the animation's so it, good. It, it, it's um, I think my favorite episode has to be like if I were, if I were to give it a top three, I think number one would be Rage of the Ape Men. Because not only because of what you said, but also, like, in a weird way, this is like a st- amazing stealth um, test reel for what a Hulk TV show would look yeah. like if Gendy was in the realm, and it's just violent and visceral. And the and I and th- this is something we haven't mentioned either. The score works perfectly with some sequences, oh, yeah. especially in that in that one sequence where you know he's actually going ape shit, and you just hear the 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 cymbals and the drums just start going off the score is the dialogue bodies and limbs just get torn off the score is the dialogue (laughs) yeah it's it i i i think that's my favorite episode the stegosaur what is it it's plague of madness that's the name of the stegosaurus episode it's really good i don't i I don't know where i'd rank it zombie one that i really yeah the the one that i'd really 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 adore as well it's in the first half of the uh, of uh season one it's called a cold death and without spoiling anything, Ooh. it just involves a, a pack of woolly mammoths, particularly one. And it, like I, uh, I, I, uh, I know we were we were talking about this. I know you weren't crying during the uh, final scene, but like, the, it's it's one of those episodes where, yeah, you don't know, you don't, they don't tell you anything, you know. And it's very much 
interesting enough compared to Mandalorian. It's very much a story about family in some aspects and you know, it's it's on full display in that one se- in that one episode, but in especially in that final sequence where I was literally on the verge of tears mm-hmm. <laughs> like watching that. And, and it's one of the more like it's why I love animation so much. It's a very fucking... It's an amazing medium where you're able to really... You can really do anything you want, you know? And, like, a master like Gendy is able to create such a incredible story. Yeah, and, like, you're... You know, and like this, with just limited capability. And one of the things I appreciate about Gendy and, like, the way he, the way he like, you know, makes uh, animated uh, episodes, animated shows, is that he, he treats everything like a film. So... With some, like, with most, like, animated kid shows. Oh, by the way, this is not a kid show at all. <laughs> not even it's close. not. <laughs> oh, man. Like, look, it's it's not even on the same wavelength of, like, the final season of Samurai Jack. It's it's on, like, if Heavy Metal made a cartoon show. Yeah. I feel. Or, like, it's, like, one of those liquid television MTV shows from the 90s. Yeah, the thing with, like, Genny treats his animations like, like a film. Like, the cinematography yeah. and the animation in, in Primal... Like it, it, it's something you don't really see from other from other uh, animated shows, especially kids shows. You know, um, well, again, you know, it's, this isn't a kid show, but um, uh, I, I guess like, what, uh, you could really tell like kind of how they're how he's approaching this by the way it's like all like paced and edited together. Because with a lot of shows, like you know, most TV, sh- most like you know, animated shows are trying to fit like that. Uh, are trying to fit a specific. Uh, a specific like time frame you know in between commercials so they can't they have to pace everything really fast you know um everything is just going it's like episode nine you know where like plot points are just kind of just thrown out the window you know things are <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> keep going i think with primal it that primal super patient primal is one of the few shows that you see where like well besides something besides anime you know it's one of the few anime shows you see where like shot they like they they hold on on shots like there are just extreme close-ups of like you know like their eyes or their face and they they hold on that to really to really let the like the emotion and like the feelings sink in you know it's like Mm -hmm. their show like you don't get many shows where the where the creators and like you know the animators and the directors take that much consideration in how to in how to uh, uh, apply these scenes, you know, and how to uh, cut it right, you know, uh, to really make it uh, to really make it impactful. Uh, yeah, I know Primal's great, dude. I, I'm really, I really, 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 really like Primal, and f- I'm 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 glad that you did. I I figured you were going to really adore that yeah, one. Yeah, man. It's just it. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I can't wait for season two. I'm I, I one thing I, I will say, you know, and there's a there's very much a common Getty thing when it comes to combat in particular, even like with a show that's supposed to be set in the Jurassic era. Right. He's still able to find ways of like implementing modern styles of combat in the most unexpected ways. That I just adore with the with the turtle like, shells, brass knuckles. Yes, yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this is beautiful. I, I I'm I'm really glad you uh you liked Primal. Yeah, no. And it's... uh, if if you liked Primal, dear humble listener, sexy humble listener, uh, you could also watch it on HBO Max and on Hulu. Yeah, it's a it's a show I ha- uh, it's a highly if, recommend. If you like if you like uh, animated shows and want to want to see something, want to see some 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 real good animation by people who really care, uh, watch Primal, you know. You can never go wrong with Gendy. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I have a 
Well, yeah, yeah. I have a I have a recommendation for next week. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Uh, not for next week. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, next week we're gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Well, next week we're gonna be off. Might as well. Which by the way, happy holidays, you know, guys! Celebrate. Merry Christmas and whatever the fuck you, whatever the fuck you uh, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happy holidays, and you know, by the time we come back, the New Year's probably uh, passed by. So happy New Year as well. Yeah. And uh, we hope you guys are safe. You know, taking care of yourselves, staying alive, and all that stuff. All that good jazz. Doing anything special, but, uh, buddy? You're gonna, you're gonna go, gonna hang out with some family, huh? Gonna, gonna, gonna oh, I mean, drink some eggnog, get a little drunk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, same, yeah, I same fucking hate. I fucking hate eggnog. Really? I fucking hate wow. eggnog. Like, God, why? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't that. know. It's like, it's like, you know, like when you drink something super thick, you know, and it like kind of makes you gag. <laughs> like that's. Are you? Are you not? Are you also not a fan of uh, Goki? I think yeah. Well, 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 isn't Goki and eggnog the same thing? Basically, yeah. it is. Yeah, I'm, I've never been a fan. I don't know. I'm just th- this. There's more alcohol in in Koki, I think. Probably it's, in, in it's the Hispanics that make it. So, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know we're going hard on the uh, on the booze. Um, yeah, as you should in the holiday. Not no, don't. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best time. The best time to go hard on the booze in during is the most <laughs> during the holidays. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Please, and also, uh, on a on a on a serious note, please. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a fucking depressing time, especially it's now. It's a depressing time for a like... lot of people, and you know, be great. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, w- yes, I get it. Christmas is a is a capitalist holiday. I get it, y'all. Just trust me. The the bourgeoisie are really putting us down here, but you know. Oh, you're enacting war on Christmas now. <laughs> is that what we're doing on the show? But you know, the holiday, <laughs> the, you know, the holidays. Like you know, it, it's important. To, it, it's important to 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 keep uh the keep the the people you keep close to you you know closer you know remind yeah. remind people you love them you know that kind of thing not a lot of people have that not a lot of people have that you, you know? know and oh and always remember always remember you know family is is who you choose you know family is family is not only blood is who you choose as well so you know yeah. you're, you're my family buddy you know i love you family. dog <laughs> you're my family as well i love you like a brother yeah bro. yeah more, more. Yeah. uh <laughs> so what are you rec- what uh what are you recommending uh Next what? episode into the new year. Into the new year. What 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 you got? What you got on this on the so plate you know for the show? So you know, uh, this is a movie that like you know I I, I was wa- I I started watching it. Well, no, I, I've seen it a few times, but I started watching it uh, a few months ago after years, and I I stopped. I don't know why, because. I don't know. I, I guess I was just caught up in a bunch of shit. But you know, it's pretty funny that that we uh, that we talked about Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> talked about Bruce Willis in, in, in this time. In, 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 you know, this time around because uh, we are actually going to we are actually going to be watching a pretty famous Bruce Willis movie that has nothing that has that has to do with time travel, and it's not the one you're thinking, Raul. We are gonna watch Twelve Monkeys, directed by Terry Gilliam. Came on in oh I thought you were gonna gonna think (laughs) Looper but whatever Twelve Monkeys directed by Terry Gilliam came on 1995 starring fucking Bruce Willis Brad Pitt Madeline Stowe it's a fucking classic film Terry Gilliam fuck God what can we say about Terry Gilliam that we haven't said in this show fucking Terry Gilliam everybody in Monty Python's great and he Terry Gilliam's one of the best directors to ever live. Twelve Monkeys is just. This is a film that's. They're kind of racist, but like, <laughs> they, they've made great work. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit, but. <laughs> a little but bit. ignoring just that, ignoring that, Twelve Monkeys <laughs> is a fucking. It, it it's a great movie. It's an amazing movie, and have you seen Twelve Monkeys? 
Good. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, like, yeah, great choice. Cause, uh, like, just like you, I was also in the midst of trying to watch Twelve Monkeys again, and for some reason, I just couldn't go through it because I was watching it at three in the morning. Obviously. Yeah, no. It's... But then I was, I was inspired to rewatch it because I heard the show, the on Sci-Fi, it was that ran for a few years. Was also. Oh really? Because I heard it was actually really oh, good. Oh wow! But what for a sci-fi show? I don't know. I, That's the thing. I don't know. I, I heard like the, one of the biggest criticisms is that you try to make a sci-fi sh- like you try to make a show on sci-fi based on a movie by Terry Gilliam. No, you yeah, know? well, that, you're already you're already like fighting an uphill battle yeah. when it comes to yeah. that. But that's a that, that, great choice, honestly. I'm really excited to check out Twelve Monkeys yeah, again. Yeah, it's been uh, a long time. Yeah, I'm glad. No, this is Twelve Monkeys is, is fucking great shit. It's on HBO Max. Uh, you guys need to. You, you guys should watch that if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, uh, what was I gonna? What was I gonna say? Oh yeah. man, not even just for Twelve Monkeys. I'm excited to just get into like talking about terry gilliam again. oh my god dude terry I, gilliam we've never got we we've never really gotten to like a discussion about like brazil or fear and loathing oh fuck Ta- is, damn it well, fear and loathing specifically oh, damn it. Being, like, i should have picked brazil i should have picked brazil fuck <laughs> god damn it whatever oh no i can't go through brazil again that shit hurt <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it I, i'm excited for that but yes if you do want to keep up with the conversation if you want to send us questions about uh your life or you know stuff that's going on uh in the news you know, you want to know our thoughts? You could always DM us on our Instagram at American Nerds on Instagram. Well, you could also send us an email at American Nerds uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Well, you, you know, they they can also send us, DM us. Yeah, you can send us also a few messages uh, wherever the fuck we could find us. Uh, where can we find? Where where can people find us, Raul? Huh? Huh? You could find me at uh, me. at Summer Oak Cruise <laughs> on Twitter. Me, <laughs> the dog from the dog <laughs> from Big Mouth. Yeah. Four seasons in, by the way, I dropped off a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, no, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you can find me at Summer Oak Cruise on Twitter. Victor, where can we find you? Can you can find me at Vic on Twitter. You can find the show, like Raul mentioned, at American Nerds. That's at American Nerds. Like, you know, how, how it says it on the fucking podcast app, all right? On Instagram, okay? All right, you Read. piece of shit. And you can also email us Read. at American Nerds Podcast, like Raul mentioned. Yeah, you know, watch 12 Monkeys, watch Primal, watch... Uh, Watch whatever, watch whatever you want to watch, and uh, please stay safe this Christmas, this these holidays, yes, whatever, whatever the fuck, you, whatever, whatever the fuck you celebrate. I don't give a shit. All right, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Just stay safe. That's what I care. Your safety oh, and your health. All right, that's what I care about. I was thinking about that war. I was thinking about that war on Christmas joke for a second, and then immediately I was reminded of uh, there was there was that whole. Do you remember when there was that whole war on Thanksgiving campaign a few weeks ago? What? About like people getting mad because they didn't want their families coming over for Thanksgiving, and like this is a they, they were like this is a war against Thanksgiving, and like nobody cared for like six days, <laughs> and they just did their own thing. And it just reminded me of that. Did you hear about? But yes, <laughs> what? did you hear about that whole? Remember that whole Starbucks cup controversy back in like 2015 with the mermaid? No, it was with the mermaid no, like the, and her. It, it, it was like a it, it was like a red cup. And apparently, people were saying that like the red cup, oh, that the red cup stood yeah. for stood for like the blood of Christians or something like that. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous! That reminds me of like that mom from Tosh Point who like with the monster energy can, uh, how she like makes that wide reach of how like the three oh, the claws and monster represents six six six. Yeah, number of the beast. Yeah, great album, great yeah. song. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Anyway, yeah. take care. Hell safe. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> Happy New Year. Peace, everybody. <laughs> Peace.